You betcha. Warning. Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Oh, death. Oh, death. Oh, Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Supernatural, The Crossroads, and holy crap, do we have a lot to talk about today. The, joined with me in studio is Ryan Denton. Dude. I'm back, and my, I'm here. And it's a good stuff. time to be back, dude. Holy yeah. crap. And Michael Flores, as always. It's a magical time for you, isn't it? Dude, I'm so happy right now. <laughs> I know you are, Thomas. Dude, I know. this boner is so big. It's like, lifting the table. It really oh, is. Jesus. We had a live stream earlier, right? Yeah, you know, the episode can be completely written like shit, but if Lucifer makes an appearance, everything is like, okay. With Tom. <laughs> Dude, look, you can get Dog Dean Afternoon 2, and then Lucifer oh. shows up at the end, and Tom's be like, it's a great A+. It's, it's still at least an A-. minus. Yeah. This is what he was hearing in his head at the end. <laughs> Dude, right? Yeah. I'm not going to deny it. Yeah. Dude, don't deny it, because we all know it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I was kind of like that too. I was but, I mean, but at least it was well done. It wasn't just a oh throw in Lucifer. That was fucking awesome. It was a yeah. cool shot. It's kind of giving away my opinions on the whole episode right away. But there's going to be plenty to talk about. Not just from you know what we liked as fans in this episode, but so much lore is introduced in this episode, both new and old, and touching on previous things and turning into new things. Touching it, on previous things, touching on ourselves, touching on ourselves while touching on these previous yes. things. Yeah. And dude, if you guys are Patreon fans, we're going to adjust our cult special episode. Yeah. Because apparently... Oh, I thought you were going to adjust your cult in your pants. That's what I thought. I've already were. done that. I had to because <laughs> oh. of the table. Oh, okay. <laughs> dude, I, I, I tweeted this out after watching it. I'm like, I, I feel like we're almost more like prophets ourselves when it comes to Supernatural at this oh, point. God. We have called, Chuck, called a couple I called it first. Uh, <laughs> Pre-God. Pre-God Chuck. So, Pre-God Chuck. So, can, so what's that make uh, Thomas? Lando. Lando. I don't know. Lando. <laughs> well, he's the one no one wanted to be growing up as a kid <laughs> when, you play, when you played Star Wars. I'm Luke. I'm hot. I guess I'm Lando. I guess I'm Lando. Yeah, right, dude. I would have been like, Chewy, I'm Darth dude. Vader. Darth <laughs> Vader. Chewy. Ass. That's true. There's a lot of other choices. Yeah. Dickhead. No, dude, we have so much to talk about this episode. The writers were on fucking point for me. I, I mean, Davy Perez has done two episodes, and I think they're my two favorite of this season so yeah. far. And Richard Spate returns for another directorial episode ever yeah. since. I just want to say something, though. Take a moment of silence uh, for brother of mine, Davy Perez. I mean... <laughs> I mean, it's got to be Did a thing, there, right? Like I, I'm, no, I just want to say, representing. Oh, oh representing. I was going to say, or oh, was that it? 
Orale. Yeah. And there you go. That's all. I, I was waiting for that, Ryan. <laughs> you were waiting for the, you were a little, yeah. little delayed. Well, you said moment of science. I was like, well, what is this? Dia de los Muertos or whatever the fuck? Wow. Yeah. That was. That came out really white. Good job. Yeah, that came out really white. <laughs> yeah. Can I get some carne acida yeah. as well? Can, can I get a quesadilla? <laughs> I don't even know if he's Hispanic or not, but. Eh, whatever. He could be like Perez Hilton and just, you know. Just how he says it. Yeah. Perez. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> this episode of Supernatural was It was like so <laughs> fucking good. Like, oh my god. Uh, Alright, you, you done? You yeah, good? I'm done. I'm good. Sorry. Richard Spade directed this one again uh, after Just My Imagination, which was one of our favorite episodes from season 11. Yeah. Just creative and fun without being a... Not making fun of Supernatural, but having fun with supernatural you know what i'm okay with richard coming in once or twice a year and ha- doing a fun episode I'm blowing our minds. because even Dude. though this episode was laura centric it was also a fun episode it was and that's what he did last year he gave us a a meaningful episode that was that also was fun. lore yeah so yeah man and there's so much the direction the tarantino inspired elements to this dude, episode that was straight up pulp fiction dude Pulp Fiction, more Reservoir Dogs, honestly. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true to me. And a little bit of Kill Bill too. I mean, it had it had the music. Uh, it had the a, music was yeah. Kill Bill, yeah, for sure. It had a lot of things in there, man. I, I have to say that after this year, we're only what twelve episodes in, and we yeah. already last two episodes ago we had the the Lily Sunders episode, which was an obvious also nod to Kill yeah. Bill. I mean, is Dab? Is it safe to say Dab's a Tarantino fanboy? I think so. Yeah, but who isn't? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. But look at, for example, you look at Carver. Carver was more of a Game of Thrones guy. A lot of Game of Thrones jokes, which I'm okay with that, right? Like every yeah. show, different styles. Every showrunner should bring their signature as long as they stay true to what Kripke laid out before as well. Always yes. remember what the show is about. Why not? That makes it more enjoyable to, you know, for the for the showrunner to flex his muscle a bit, his style, right? I th- I agree, and I think that is very evident in this episode. Lily Sunder was is kind of on the nose for a couple things with Kill Bill, but this, I think, cements that his he's a bit of a fan. And there's a difference between a fan, like you just like Tarantino, and taking the time to work that into your show running. Yeah, actually, actually using, you know, aspects of yeah. multiple, yeah, that, 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 that takes time and that takes effort. So. Now, so we're going to get into the discussion on the episode, but first we've got a couple of messages from listeners that we wanted to touch on. One is, is going to say, Josiah, is that right at all? Uh, Josiah Snader. Snader, okay. Uh, says, so I know I'm a little late to the party, but I just watched the Lily Sunders episode and listened to your episode. I think the whole Enochian magic has more to say about what a Nephilim could be. The ability to tap into both powers of an angel and the human soul. Maybe Lily was meant to show how powerful the Nephilim could be, perhaps without the downside of destroying the soul. Actually, a good point. Well, we we came up with a kind of semblance of this, but he's he's got a good point of what if the Nephilim can tap into this without any damage yeah. to itself. Because we really don't know much about the Nephilim, other than heaven does not want them to exist. Right. Any incident, any occurrence of a Nephilim, they execute. So there's a reason for that. They clearly see them as a threat. If Lucifer's a threat, but they won't take the time to kill him, they'll keep him in the cage. Or if the Leviathans are a threat. And and other things are a threat, but they're just going to lock up the door to heaven. This is one where they're like, okay, we need to go be proactive about this. I think that says something about its abilities. Well, whether you like Lucifer or not, whether you think he's evil or not, Lucifer is natural. Yeah. 
He's an angel. Yeah. He's natural. Yeah. A Nephilim is not a natural thing. It's an unnatural. Yeah. yeah so it kind of makes sense that they would, that people would be frightened of their existence. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. That's why I put this in the show notes. When I read that on our Facebook page, I'm like, I'm going to actually throw this in our show notes. It's, I'm, I'm a little ashamed of ourselves that we didn't, you know, draw similar conclusions, but it makes a lot of sense. And it would work, especially with the direction that this season has taken drastically turned a sharp turn into this territory. Uh, We also want to thank HR Zone for representing Crossroads during his recent photo shoot at the Vegas Con. Uh, He took a photo wearing he took a photo wearing our shirt with Kim Rhodes and Brianna Buckmaster. Yeah. I wonder if they commented on it. They're like, hey, we did that show. Those guys suck. Yeah, HR Zone. <laughs> if you're uh, if you're listening, uh, tweet us. Let us know if they commented, if they recognize the shirt. But we already know those photo ops are very loud. They yeah. they pipe in the music very hot. The, the real question is, people is, from was you it know, like fifty three degrees in there? Like they always keep it super cold in there too. Do they really? It's like an icicle in there, dude. Like no joke. Hmm, nipple weather? Yeah, like dude, my <laughs> nipples could cut glass after uh, Thomas and I did the one with uh, yeah. Amundsen and and uh, Shepard. Shepard, yeah, yeah. I could have cut glass, probably some rebar too, as well. You have a weird anatomy. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's not the only. That's, thing that's your reference. That's not the only thing that's weird on my body. I do want to know if they made a mention of the shirt. I, I'd like to think they at least recognize that they did an interview with that. But like you said, the music's so loud they probably aren't even talking really. Yeah, yeah, or really worth giving yeah. acknowledgement. I mean, Kim Rhodes has done a lot of <laughs> interviews since us. Yeah. And I've read, if you Google Kim Rhodes, Supernatural, The Crossroads, Supernatural Interview, whatever keyword you choose, uh, our F. Mary Kill comes up in these interviews. <laughs> they bring it up to us. Do they really? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. That, I, yeah, that's I, I keep funny. tabs on our show, and it's been brought up. So I just think it's amazing that it's lived on. I mean, she said, she's already said that she's been asked, Brianna Buckmaster, before we went live with her uh, yeah. interview, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. said that Kim has been asked this F. Mary Kill thing <laughs> during conventions. That's amazing. Yeah, I love it. See, it's good to have an impact, even if some can see it as a negative one, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you guys remember, Kim Rhodes was uh, attacked. So, because we were very new. We were less than a year old in this show. We were happy yeah. that Innocent. Kim oh. came onto the show, and I cut a promo to promote the interview, and I put the F. Mary Kill bit, because I thought it was amazing. And people didn't even wait to listen to the interview. They started attacking her, saying, how could she kill Sam? And, like, they, were, they, were, atta- yeah. they were attacking her. And she even made a post, because you, uh. you don't fuck with Kemp. Yeah, you don't. You don't, yeah, you don't <laughs> and she made a post. She's suicide. all, guys, everyone calm the fuck down. Well, at least wait to hear the interview before you start commenting all like she said she was very polite the way she yeah. said it but it was the kim way of yeah. saying things it was the polite but sort of aggressive way yeah yeah you need to calm your shit yeah it was pretty funny we need to bring her back on here and do yeah. f mary kill part two we totally yeah we need to have <laughs> that's the whole interview in. just that f, f mary, mary kill. just the whole thing dude every cast member yeah <laughs> <laughs> every, cast. every cast member well i mean we've got more years under us now right might as yeah. well try yeah. So, anyways, thank you, HR. Yeah, that's awesome. Zone. Thank you, man. I, I know his real name because he's ordered things. I don't know if he wants his real name out there, but it's a pimp name. I don't know why he doesn't use it. <laughs> is, is it like? Dude, I'm jealous. Is it it's really like, that good? It's like Handsome Rob or something. Shut up. I, it's his real name. It was on his address. No way. Yeah, I'm sorry, HR, if you don't want that out there. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> hey guys, if you order stuff, I'm gonna let out all your personal information. Yeah, this we're is their credit card number. Next okay, episode, we're, we're gonna give a social security card. <laughs> 
Jesus oh, man. Christ. But yeah, it's a pretty cool name. Like, I wish my name was Handsome Rob. My name is Miguel Flores. That's not cool. Miguel. Handsome Rob. I mean, I, I dude, I was going to be Bradley William. See, that's pretty that's pretty blue blood right there. That's like I yeah, that's pretty much never mind. Yeah. I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say. <laughs> See, Thomas Thomas and I have immigrant names. That's what you know, Irish, Mexican. Yeah. We need to switch over to blue bloods, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why not? Switch it over, then you guys can, A nice strong Anglo name. Yeah, then you guys will be thrown over the wall. <laughs> Anyways. Oh anyway. Of, don't we have some com- convention news? Yeah. We yeah. do. We've been telling people for a little bit now we are gonna be at the Phoenix convention in June. I don't. I never remember the exact dates of that, but it's down the road from us, so we have no excuse. So we will be there for the uh, Creation Entertainment SPN Con in Phoenix. Yeah. What? What's the date? June what? Something. I just said. June. I don't fucking. Know. I believe it's, it's June, all June, June, June seventh through ninth. It's the entire June first through thirtieth. <laughs> it's the entire month of June. We have how many? We have six more episodes, so we hit our hundredth episode as well. Do we really? No shit. Yeah. So I'm wondering if we should. I don't think it's going to coincide that, with that, but we could we could celebrate our hundredth episode that weekend. So, that'd be oh pretty, yeah, that'd be pretty pimp. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll come up with something. Uh, and in addition to that, we are working on going to the Seattle Washington Con uh, in April seventh through the ninth. If we don't have an answer within two weeks, then we're not going. I checked up air, airline tickets, and they're pretty pretty steep there. We'll just yeah, hitchhike. Go to Seattle. Yeah, we'll I'm, hitchhike. The whole I'm way. not hitchhiking. You can hitchhike. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing it all wrong. <laughs> Get out of the way, Thomas. Let me show you how to show some leg. This is this hairy man leg out in the side of the road. You'd probably get, get picked up. I would get picked up for sure. <laughs> yeah. I wanna I wanna hitchhike and get dude, let's do a road trip, supernatural style. Why we not? We could. You oh know, my we goodness. have to fight off monsters no, and look, other things. Well, we have to fight up, and kill things up. to save I've, our lives. I've ridden in a vehicle with Mike before. Thomas, you have as well. That's true. It's I a do, horror movie, right? It is a, <laughs> it's supernatural. Road it trip. Is the, it's like it's like death proof. We like did almost die. Like, yeah, we did almost die twice. I was like the racist truck. Where's my chapstick? Where's hey, my have ch- you seen my chapstick? I'm just merging on a California freeway during commute hours. I better get this chapstick that I desperately need. Yeah, I need this chapstick while I'm merging. Fucking dickhead. Oh, my God. My, my lips are hurting real bad. Yeah, okay, <laughs> Napoleon. <laughs> Fuck. It was awful. So as soon as we know with that, we will let you guys know, like Mike said, within about two weeks, we'll kind of have an idea. Yeah. So with that, I think we need to take a quick little break. Unless we want to talk about some of the ideas we have for Patreon. No, you know what? Let's go to a very, very quick break. We have a lot, lot to of talk things about. to get into. So I figured let's take the break now for a couple minutes Dude. and then we'll have no breaks for the rest of the See, show. I show up right, and like I plan. keep the first part of the episode nice and tight. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll be back in a minute. <laughs> keep it right. Keep it tight. Hey, ass butt. Do you love Supernatural, The Crossroads? Tell the rest of the world by representing the show on your bod. Don't objectify me. With The Crossroads Tees, the first run of shirts are available to own. The shirts are anvil unisex and made up of high-quality 100% ring-spun cotton. What are you waiting for? Become a Crossroads Minion and represent the show proudly. Head to RainManDigitalMedia.com, click on the store tab, and get your Crossroads shirt today. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. 
say there's supposed to be words. There's supposed to be a code. What, what type of words? Like safe words mm-hmm. or you know stop sign colors: green for go, yellow for cool it, and red just hard stop. Right, that sort of a thing. But in the book, too much effort. Like when you're enjoying not, yourself, do you actually think, oh god, absolutely purple. That's purple. No, you Absolutely. just don't say something. Purple. What if purple meant keep going? And you forgot. In the well, moment? that's why you have purple. Com- <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it, man. <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. We're here. <laughs> All right, guys. The Patreon page is now live. For the past three years, we've been doing the Crossroads podcast each week. Our focus and goal was to deliver a true fan experience type show where fans of Supernatural can debate, discuss, and celebrate their favorite show. And now we need your help to keep the show and the network going for as little as a dollar a month. You guys can help us continue to grow, do more episodes of Supernatural The Crossroads, behind the scenes, additional shows, video casts, as well as we've merged the premium Rain Man service with Patreon. So those of you who are into our other shows, such as DC on CW, Rain Man, will get more stuff as well. The Supernatural Crossroads video cast and additional podcasts are available through the Patreon at different yeah. tiers. And as you know what? well, and that's the real thing that's for, the real for thing. people listening right now, is the Supernatural video cast. Yeah, more of us. Yeah, good times. It's fun. I think it's fun. Well, we just got done before this show today. We recorded the... um, An episode all about the cult. Yeah, that episode we were talking about. All about the cult, the mythology surrounding it. So that will be coming out later this week. Also, guys, we have goals. If you help us reach certain goals, we will introduce new shows, including a show like this dedicated to Eric Kripke's Timeless so for those of you who are interested or would like to help us out in any way, head over to patreon.com slash Digital. Every dollar helps, and we love you all. Entertainment Earth, Thomas. What is that? Uh, bring Hollywood home. Entertainment Earth is a place to get all your geekdom wants from action figures, bobbleheads, to pipe pop vinyls. I have too many of those. And More Entertainment Earth is your one stop for your fandom needs. Since 1996, they've shipped millions of toys and collectibles to thrilled clients around the world, and now you too can jump on board the bandwagon. Um, Dude, I seriously have way too many pop vinyls. I have a lot too, but they I fucking fill up the shelf. I have like all the supernatural ones except like the metallic. Variants. You can I've, never have too many, Thomas. I've got Red Eye, uh, Crowley. I've got the FBI ones. I've got Bobby. I got <laughs> Angel Wings and Leviathan cast. Yeah, I, I have three. That's all I can take for now. I want more, but I just have nowhere to put them. There are a lot of them are in my closet still. <laughs> yeah. In the boxes. But so, you can never have enough. Entertainment Earth, guys. Uh, you're going to see a lot of links on our website. Their affiliate. They have affiliated with us, I should say, and they're now our official affiliate, uh, and you can help us out, help the show out by just clicking on the links, and when you do want to buy some pop vinyls or some other... Or some other elements of geekdom, go through our links first. Once once you go through that link, buy until your heart's content. Uh, That helps us out. Or your wallet's broke. Yeah, either way. Because that's usually what stops me. Entertainment Earth. Uh, (laughs) Head over to RayManDigitalMedia.com and click on those links. Previously on Supernatural The Crossroads. Yeah. 
that could come off as being a little bit of a dick. Like if you if you don't word it the right way and say, "Hey, where's the story going?" It could, Dad right. might be taken <laughs> back. Like, what the fuck, dude? You don't like, like you don't like the story? Okay. Are, you, are you really? I come onto your show or I do this this email right. interview with you, and that's the question you give me. It could come off as as a dick question. But if you were like wait, how you just worded it. That makes perfect sense. Or you say, where, how many... Because to be quite honest, I, mean, yeah. I agree with you. I'm tired of the, hey, how long's the season going to go? And oh, it's the same effing answer. To, you yeah. like, you're right, man. I don't fucking That's care what anymore. they need to ask. That's exactly what they need to ask. Do you have a plan for your current story arc beyond season What's 13? What's your intentions towards my daughter? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's cut the, ch- the chase. That's how we feel about it. First right? base or third base? I'm watching Because I may allow you to go to first base with my daughter. That's it. But it needs to come with a dowry. You that give I me, need tonight. You give me a, you give me a dowry. You give me Basically, some, I need 50 bucks. Oh, did you sell your daughter for 50 bucks? <laughs> You're a son of a See, bitch. See, that's how you know I'm not a dad. <laughs> I was going to say at least a chest full of, like, cash. A chest? I, look, they did it Wait, back so in the you, old days. You went with a chest full of modern-day currency rather than, like, a chest full of gold. What, pirate gold? I don't know, but I, if you're going to have a fucking chest, Thomas, why do you have dollars in it? I live in, in modern it? times, okay? With a chest? <laughs> <laughs> and a dowry. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Supernatural The Crossroads. Now we're going to get into our... Presumably very long discussion about episode 12. Presumably? Let's try. It's going to be. Yeah. Stuck in the middle with you. This one's directed by Richard Spate Jr. and written by Davy Perez. Ryan, you got the synopsis? On a mission for the British Men of Letters, Mary calls on Sam, Dean, and Castiel to help kill a demon. When the hunt quickly goes south, they realize they're dealing with the Prince of Hell. Now, I don't remember them saying Prince of Hell in the previous synopsis that we talked about. It was just that there was a mission and she got betrayed. Yeah. Was all no, and I'm said. glad they didn't because yeah, I'd be like, like, what the like fuck? Oh, yeah. yeah, it would have ruined the fucking. Mis- it it yeah. would have because that whole sequence, and I, I we're gonna come back to it. But when he first is introduced and they try and kill him and nothing happens, I was like, okay, this is this is a problem, and that built up the tension immediately. Yeah, and it, it, I got a vibe from Castiel when he was first introduced from season four. Yep. Yeah, you know, but yeah, this one. I mean, we said it earlier, Davy Perez has written this and American Nightmare, first two episodes of hit for him for Supernatural this season. Richard Spate did Just My Imagination from season 11, which was a fun episode with the imaginary, imaginary friends. It was on our, our top, top five, five episodes yeah. we of, actually, yeah. of the year, right? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And this one kicks off very, very quickly with a heavy Quentin Tarantino inspiration and this is something that mike and i were kind of talking about before it's not exactly a parody it's not exactly an homage it's like an homage that's fun as well yeah like it's not making fun of it it's not trying to be exactly the same thing right it's trying to be its its own fun version and i think he has a good beat on comedy for supernatural it wasn't to be taken seriously. No. Like, like Richard and Davey probably said, let's do this over the top. Let's make sure people know that we're doing a Tarantino-esque type episode. And it wasn't just for aesthetics. I think it was also a great way to fill in a lot of lore into 43 minutes to yeah. where it works. Because with the Tarantino jumping uh, flashbacks, flash forwards, normally you wouldn't. it would be very hard 
to make an episode feel right and throw all this in. But with yeah. that jumping about, they chose this for various reasons. It was, it, yes, it was fun, but also it was a great vehicle to get this episode rolling. Well, it, it, I, I was sitting there and actually about, I'd say three quarter of the way through the episode, I thought, you know, this wouldn't be the same episode if they told it in straight linear. Yeah. It just wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't, wouldn't feel as right. It wouldn't, no. it wouldn't feel as right. It the pacing would be off. Right. The pacing would be off. And I think too, for me, a lot of the mystery that you, that it made me on the edge of my seat knowing, okay, we might jump around and I might get some information later yeah. on or, or earlier or whatever. And I think that's what made the episode great by using that Tarantino method. And that's, I always, I always liked I, I've always liked Tarantino's style of of jumping forward and going backward and 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 doing that the time jumps and the and whatever. Um, I think this episode would not have felt the same if they just did a linear episode. Even with all the cool lore and shit that they did do in the episode, it still wouldn't have had that feel yeah. if they didn't do it. And well, because then you have the issue of where would you put certain bits? Where do you put Crowley's flashback information? Right. Do you talk about Mary? looking for something in the basement beforehand do you have castiel's bit beforehand how do you do that if it's a linear story i um because i'm a nerd i i wrote out the pieces and you put it in in a linear fashion and ryan's right it it does not work it feels off i'm sure it's a lot slower too then it just yeah and there's no suspense there's nothing there so the way they decided to tell the story with the amount of lore they were going to put in, this was a very thought out procedure. It wasn't, hey, guys, let's have some fun this week and do no. a Tarantino episode. It was thought out. <laughs> there was there was some thought behind it. I know a few people tweeted me out. I think Maddie and a few others, because uh, they know I'm a Tarantino fan, asked me if they think any of the younger viewers would have been lost and not really know what they're trying to do but you know what i have to believe that that reservoir dog shot the slow-mo walk i mean that's been used in so many so many different television shows and movies and cartoons there should be an explosion behind them it's oozed itself reservoir dogs into so many iterations of of pulp culture that i think people kind of get where it's coming from for the well, most part even if they've never seen pulp fiction yeah. or reservoir dogs i think they get what they were trying to do it's an iconic scene yeah. at this point as far as if anybody's into film or movies in any way it's an iconic scene and it's fun and well done on its own even if you don't yeah. know reservoir dogs right. it's still a cool shot i'm not saying it wasn't lost on some people i'm sure i'm, oh, I'm sure, sure it was. was for the most part i think people either shrugged it off said oh this is kind of cool you know change of pace i mean how many times have Supernatural done fun things like this, where they've done something slightly different, you know, at least one or two episodes a season? So either way, I don't yeah. think it would be lost on people completely. You know, I actually thought they were going to go down to Reservoir Dogs the second they were in the diner and that spinning of the camera around all of them sitting, discussing whether or not Cash should hook up with, with that girl. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she was hot. That's, that was the first taste he of them. Like, is this, is it intentionally trying to be that? And then you see the, you see the parking lot. I'm like, okay. This is going to be a good time. I just saw the title and it's just stuck in the middle. I'm like, oh, okay. Right. I, I, I realized that like after the the parking lot scene, I'm like, okay, the title makes a hell of a lot more sense. It was good. Now. It was good camera work well, as well. I mean, it wasn't as ballsy as a Tarantino maneuver. No. And I think there's certain restrictions that, uh, I mean, that type of elaborate camera setup and camera blocking isn't easy. That takes a lot of time and a lot of rehearsal. Yeah. And that's probably something a TV show does not have the time to do 
because you can't just come in there. I'm like, all right, guys, we're going to go to do one shot, slick around the table. We're going to have this conversation. That's a lot of camera blockage and coverage that you need to get yeah, when you're was, shooting. That seemed like a lot of work right yeah. there. So what they did, they they took the best of, of what they could do, and they created the idea of Reservoir Dogs. Well, they got the feeling right. I mean, the Absolutely. second they burst into the barn and, and Cassiel's holding his side in almost like the exact same spot as Tim... I'm fucking uh, dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I thought, man. Dude, exactly. <laughs> I wish he said it like that, dude. I know, right? That would have yeah. been fucking great. But they got all the bits right. They got the tone right. Yeah. They got everything about setting up this style of episode right. Yeah. And that's the important thing. Now, I know some people were a bit uh, less than enthused, I'll say, with this kind of style. We had a couple of tweets, right, from some from some people about whether or not they liked they thought it was too much jumping well, just, around. Just an alternative thought. I'm sure not everybody was on. Not everyone's yeah. going to nerd out because like, holy shit, Tarantino and Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, like we are. A specific listener tweeted out to me saying that uh, Richard is no Tarantino. Horrible directing of an epic storyline. So many great things happening. And then they followed up with a tweet that says the time jumps and soundtrack were distracting. And then ends it with great writing, though. So I'm not going to say anything bad about them. They're entitled to their opinion. But if you have an issue with the time jumps and the soundtrack being distracting, well, that's not necessarily directing. That's in the script. So that would be the writing that you would have the issue with, yeah. not the directing. Right. The At director, least the time jump. Richard isn't going to come in there and be like, all right, Davey, I'm going to do a Tarantino thing. We're going to do this. He's not going to, he's not, Richard isn't going in rewriting the script. All right, Davey, I'm going to go ahead and just chop the fuck out of your script here. And I'm, I'm going to jump around here. Actually, I'm going to copy and paste this over here. And yeah. then I'm going to take a glue stick and I'm going to glue this over here. <laughs> like, no, that's see that's this part not, here. Fuck that. We yeah, don't need it. Yeah, we don't need that shit. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, again, everyone, yeah, like said, every, I've seen opinion. a lot of a pit different thoughts on the episode, and this is what this type of episode does. It creates a lot of dialogue amongst the fandom, and not everyone's gonna see it favorably. So, I mean, I get it. Especially, I understand it, and it's their opinion. But I still, I still think it was fun for a show that's been on the air for twelve years to do something a little bit different that gives us not only a good story, but a, a more entertaining, more dynamic way to watch the episode well when you've been on the air for 12 years i mean you look at an episode like this and outside of you know let's forget the lore and the great chemistry the actors have and the wonderful relationship they have with the fandom but the reason why a, a show like this lasts is because they do episodes like this once or twice a year where they shake things up and yeah. do things a little different but just like the baby episode last year Every yeah. year you could pinpoint for them. I think we can go back. Maybe that's a hell latest episode there. But every year they do that one episode that's very different and unique and they're having fun. But, you know, like our listeners, yes, they're entitled to their own opinion, but they're wrong. And I hate them. for. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and this is why people like Ryan. Yes, Ryan, we love the abuse. <laughs> we love the abuse. I'm kidding. No, I, I, I look, I can understand. Um. A little bit of the gripes. I mean, I, I but at the same time, I I liked it. I thought the music was cool. I loved, I absolutely loved in Kill Bill the old Western style music used in in a movie that had really wasn't really a, at some points a Western. So yeah. I, I just I actually liked it. But again, I can understand people that kind of being distracting to people. Well, I, I got that. just like when Thomas got giddy for Lucifer. Nah. Right. I got giddy when I heard the spaghetti western music. Yeah. I knew you would. Oh man, first thing I said was like I tweeted it immediately when I was watching. I was like, okay, a spaghetti western theme song 
in an episode of Supernatural, I can now die happy. Yeah. <laughs> because that's something I never would have imagined I would get. Because everybody who listens to this show knows that I'm obsessed with Westerns, specifically spaghetti Westerns and yeah. weird Westerns. Yeah. So I was just through the through the roof, man, when Ramiel pulled out that lance and he heard the spaghetti Western music. I was oh, just okay. like, all right. I, I, you I, hear so, your boner from a, like miles away. I, I, I got to jump on this because, you know, we were, you said him pulling the lance out. Dude, that the shot that they did, That's the special cool. effects of how the lance just appeared behind his back. Um, that right there gave me a boner. I was like, dude, that <laughs> is so fucking cool because it. I don't remember. I, 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 there was a. There I think was it was subconscious. I think it subconsciously turned you on. Cause it was a long cylindrical pole uh, that he was kind of. Yes, and it had a really big tip on it. That was yeah, thrust it a, deep into another man. Yes, like that. Really. Oh my god, yeah. you guys! Like my Destiel meter was off the chain. Fan <laughs> fiction. I was like, oh my god, put your lance in me, Ramiel. Just ram it in me, Ramiel. <laughs> There's a reason his name is that. Ramiel Castiel. Uh, oh. <laughs> Was that Rastiel? Still that Ramiel. Ra- 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 Rastiel. Um, no, Make I him just... choke up Leviathan jizz. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, bring it, bring it down a little. Yeah, Jesus Christ. No. Hey, hey. Uh, what it look like? What it looked God. like? It was awful. Oh, it, did, it did. It did. It did look like. Is that what? Never mind. No, don't go down that road. <laughs> I won't go there. Now. Getting into let's did let's, I just silence the room? I you think you did. Silence the room. That never happened. Good fucking job. It's normally me. It's usually his fucking job. And he's back after what? See, you two guys weeks. don't need me. Yeah. <laughs> now, God. I I think let's let's get into Ramiel at this point because that right. was <laughs> would beyond he, the way that you getting, two are imagining. Would he be getting into us? You know, maybe you switch. Who knows? That was probably this the brown, element the of brown eye demon. The brown. Oh my god! This is why the show is going to be this, four hours long. This demon has yellow eyes. This one has brown eyes. <laughs> <laughs> this one feels just right. This one's warm. <laughs> is that Mary saying that? Oh, uh, we are so oh, twelve. God, we're fucking terrible. <laughs> Let's move on. We uh, were talking about people coming back on the show for interviews, and they're going to listen to this and be like, "Fuck no!" No, they're going to love it. Moving on. Ramiel was easily the biggest bit of lore in this episode. I mean, we've got. And it, the way he was introduced was fucking epic, for me at least. Because at first I'm thinking, this is a bit overkill, as they set up. We've got an angel, you've got an angel blade, you've got a devil's trap, you got the Enochian blade, aka ruby knife, you've got, what uh, was it, devil traps bullets? Yeah. Like, you guys are fucking preparing for war. Yeah, like, this is like everything. season five level arsenal as you're going through the streets. Now, I did like one thing that Wally brought up. Was that he hasn't really dealt with demons? I love that. That because, actually was cool. Yeah, and I've I just wrote a piece which Mike I have to give you so you can put it up on the website. But about how back in season one, Bobby even says that he notices three, maybe four, if he's lucky, demon possessions a year. And then at the end of season one, due to all the events with Yellow Eyes, it jumped up to twenty-seven. Is what he says. Right. Now we know obviously that there's been far more demons since then because that's back when the the Hellgate was still closed before anybody could just have free reign on Earth essentially. Yeah. But I liked that they brought up that Wally doesn't know much about demons. He is a like classic hunter. It's monsters. You know, if it mutilated something, he knows how to kill it. You know, he's not in the whole big picture. We kind of forget after a while in so many episodes and seasons that Sam and Dean deal with far bigger threats than the average hunter 
ever deals with. This is something that Dab has been doing pretty nicely. Very well done uh, this season in terms of bringing back, bringing it back to the Winchesters and how really the universe, Legendary is, it, the universe is small yeah. to everybody else. Yeah. Even with the Men of Letters, when they were obviously impressed that they're fighting against Lucifer, they were unaware. They're unaware of why the sun died. Do you remember in the first episode? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not in the know. And you realize how grand and epic the Winchesters really are and their fight, their destiny. Uh, and little reminders, like bringing a hunter on like Wally, who has no idea. Like, dude, demons, that's not my thing, guys. I, I, yeah. Well, I mean, in the, in the chat room, Stacey K made a good point. Back then, it was kind of like hunters were specialized. You know, one was whatever kind of set them That's down right. the path is what they hunted. I yeah. remember Gordon's big thing. I think yep. it was Gordon was vampires. That's right. Yeah. You know, they kind of did their thing. They stuck to their area and that was it. They were they were specialized. That was their expertise. Sam and Dean go through the entire fucking gamut. And I think that's one thing that made John Winchester back in seasons one and two such a legendary figure was because he had this journal, which was essentially the hunters, you know, book of lore for them at that time. No other hunter really went through all these channels and knew all these things. I mean, even Sam and Dean learn a shitload of stuff in seasons one and two. They don't know about devil traps till the end of season one. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why he was famous. There's a reason why they now are legends because other hunters don't deal with that. What Dab did this year, they are they are bringing that to the forefront again, making it important that the Winchesters are very different because even that episode with Kim Rhodes in it. Uh, where um, uh, not yeah, where the the life of A's of Fox. Yeah, remember everybody was looking at them like they're superstars. Yeah, I want people to know who they are and what they do, and that's something they've been doing all season. I just I think that it it brings it back to, I guess you know you bring back the the demon that actually is scary. You know, in, they've been in, working on in, that. Yeah, this in, in season one, you, you know, you had oh my god, a demon. How do we handle this? Like holy shit. And then as as the years have gone by, it's been like, oh, it's a demon. You know, like right. oh, we'll we'll beat this guy in twenty seconds. Like now, you know, with, with Ramiel and That's he, what I tell myself. <laughs> I'm gonna beat this guy. <laughs> I'm gonna beat this demon out of me. <laughs> twenty seconds flat. Hold still. It's almost eighteen seconds too long. Um I just now <laughs> nowadays now they're trying to bring it back. They're trying to bring back the 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 demon that is um a threat. A threat. And I think that's cool. I really like that. Because I always They're trying to fix the the cheesy yes. demon that we've been get that we've been getting for like the what, the past three exactly. years. I it's just it, it's Longer gotten almost. it's gotten to the point where it's like a threat doesn't seem real, you know, because it's Sam and Dean. Well, because like, I mean if you think back, like you said, season one, you had the very first introduction of the demon is the phantom traveler on the plane. And even still watching that episode, it's kind of creepy. Yeah, when he first right. turns to this flight attendant, he's got the first time you see the black eyes. Yeah. He's like, Oh, I'm I'm fine, you know. You're like, what the what the hell? And that is a big deal for them. And Yellow Eyes is a huge deal for them. And yeah. all the other demons are a huge problem. By by season, uh, the beginning of season 11, you have those two demons who are trying to find Crowley. And mm -hmm. and they're like it's talking about how it was weird comedy. for him to be a, in a teenage girl's body. Like, you're no longer a threat, dude. You're just kind of making fun of yeah. all kinds of different stuff. Yeah. And then by this season, you have essentially the return of the yellow-eyed level demon and this and is ace of fox the whole house of hunters is picked off one by one this is something 
And this is something that goes back to what you tweeted out the other day about us being prophets. And <laughs> I've been working on much like the cult episode for the video cast has not come out yet. I'm always writing down notes. And for our sixth video cast, I had on the docket the hierarchy of demons. Why haven't we explored it like we explored the hierarchy of the angels? There isn't like a level like the angels, archangels, right. seraphs, cherubs, Gregory. Gregory. And sure enough, when they introduced Ramiel, it wasn't just like, hey, guys, throwback. This guy's a really mean demon. No, they're setting him up. At, they're setting up a hierarchy. Which yeah. I thought was vital. If we're gonna believe that this guy's a badass, they have He's to do they have badass. to do the Abaddon maneuver yep. and make them ancient and old and something that will actually test the Winchesters. Well, because I mean, before this episode, we had essentially Yellow Eyes and Lilith were at the top. Then you had Alistair was really powerful, but not anything special exactly. And Crowley's King of the Crossroads, and then you had Abaddon, who was a Knight of Hell. And she was very powerful, but and that was the first like you know, that I was think, kind of it rankage. We actually truly like actual separation of demons. Of, yeah, of the different yeah. types. I mean, it was just we never got yeah a different class. We never got that. Even with Lilith, it was like oh Lilith, that's it. But She's what, got white what eyes. is she? What we is she? She just off. a soul that turned bad. What like who who are these people? Like there is no actual rankage or hierarchy set up, and now they're doing that, which I think is a good maneuver if you want to bring it back to the demon lore, make it interesting, bring yeah. back the mythology, make it ancient, and they they did just that. Well, see, for me, I always kind of based it based on the eye color, because Yellow Eyes was the top dog, Lilith's were white, that made her unique. Crowley and a couple of the crossroad demons are, are red, red. Yep. and he's clearly more powerful than most. And, and then bl you blue eye and blonde is the devil. The white devil. <laughs> and you had black eyes was the standard, you know, grunt level demon. That's all you had. So now we're kind of breaking it down a little bit more than that. But I'm I'm excited. I, I like how the there's four and we kind of jump in a little bit. There's four princes of hell, which to me is a perfect mirror for the four archangels. Go through were. go through that little part there. Just read it. Oh, the first bit there? Yeah. So, uh, Ramael is a prince of hell, one of the oldest of the old demons created by Lucifer himself after the creation of Lilith and before the sinking of Atlantis. Pause there. First, that's fucking huge. <laughs> I love it. Dude, that's so Atlantis? fucking cool. Atlantis? Like, yeah, let's just throw it in. Atlantis is real. Okay. Anyway. What, Thomas. Holy shit. I'm speaking to you right now. Now, what I'll throwaway just here, line have we heard that we just talked about in our video cast that does that remind you of? In the cult one? In the vi yes. What was it? The comet flew? Haley's Comet. Haley's Comet during the Alamo and the people died. It's just a throwaway line and you start wondering, like, okay, why the comet? Why the Alamo? And it just, it, it expands your brain and you start thinking. There's, there's yeah. instant There's lore, other magic. There's more to this world than we still don't even know. Instant depth. Depth by just carefully picking certain words to make the imagination run wild. And that's exactly, even if they have no intention of ever delving into atlantis or it even being relevant the fact they did they carefully chose a word that would in fact make our imaginations run wild because mine did dude I, as an uber nerd okay. i mean even ryan i guarantee you you started thinking as well yeah i i, I did atlantis i, I want atlantis is fucking cool it, it is pretty first cool. of all whether it's fiction or you know the pseudo fact quotes that we have about it it's a fucking cool concept but right now you can have 
another story later with some guys out in a boat and some kind of fucking mermaid thing attacks and or murders them. Now you've got new threats, new creatures, new possibilities. So does that mean like Sam and Dean? That's get the spinoff. Right Supernatural Atlantis. Didn't they already have Stargate Atlantis? Supernatural uh, Atlantis. Crossover. So, there you go. So like <laughs> crossover. So are, are Sam and Dean gonna put on like wetsuits and get like spear guns and oh, go into the water and be like Supernatural Psh. Atlantis. That's what you say. Atlantis. Dude, that is fucking cool, though. There's so much to that. Once again, kicks open the door and makes this universe that much bigger. Right. I love it. All right. Uh, continuing. Created to lead the demonic army against the forces of heaven. At some point in time, Ramiel and his siblings. I, I'm Asmodeus. Gonna, Asmodeus. Was that it? Thank you. Yes. And Dagon abdicated their rank in hell and took a living quiet, took to living quiet lives on Earth with the demon hierarchy, spreading the rumor that the princes of hell were all killed to keep anyone from searching for them. Now, I like that, too. First That's of all. Cool. Yeah. And real quick, Mike, to go on that whole Atlantis bit, Dagon, this is kind of getting way, way, way off topic, but Dagon is a short story by H.P. Lovecraft where this guy finds an island that is has this ancient rune marks of a fish people society, ah. and a fish god mermaid creature comes out and, like, Oh, does something to the statue and the guy freaks out and, is, and runs does away. Does something to the statue? What, what does he do? Like hump the statue? Like what does he do to the statue? He, he like hugs it or something like that because oh, it's so like some prayer. It, okay. Yeah, he humps it. That's it. Huh. Did you but say mermaid? Merman. It's a merman uh, fish merman. thing. Maybe that's... right there. <laughs> Dagon is a prince of hell or a uh, prince of hell. Yes. Now it's not going to be, you know, a fish god, but right there, Atlantis. That's the spinner. And the touch on that phrase. <laughs> Supernatural little mermaid. <laughs> I thought Under that was cool sea. to use that name. Under the sea. Yeah, these names are chosen carefully. They're going to lead into other other lore episodes for sure. Yeah. Now, I mean, yeah, go ahead. The question is, why exactly do they care to live quiet lives away from hell? I mean, we find out <laughs> from Ramiel that Azazel is the fanatic. He was the one who believed in Lucifer's plan because they clearly know he existed. Other demons we find out as as the show was going on thought lucifer's a myth it's not real you know he was their god for a while there i think it works i the mean the princes of hell know he's real though so why did the others leave when yeah. azazel chose to stay behind and lead the charge for making the whole apocalypse come why out? does every entity whether it be demon or leviathan or angel care for power or or to be even involved in things look at metatron metatron chose to live a life of solitude for how many years centuries I mean, at any point, he could have came out of the library and decided to make his grab for power. This is no different with the uh, with the princes of of hell. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, just because they were I mean, key word turned. They were turned by Lucifer. That doesn't necessarily sound like something they wanted to happen. But you got to think then, too, this makes Azazel all the cooler because we thought he was just, you know, some super powerful demon who was Lucifer's right hand man. Right. But if these were the first demons essentially after Lilith, Lilith, who is a biblical figure next to Adam and Eve, these people, these demons were some of the first humans ever. Like, like Abraham and I, like that level of old, they have seen the centuries. He hasn't been living in a house fishing the whole fucking time. 
So this is, again, where Supernatural could open up the doors if they did do the spinoff with all kinds of different time periods. Yeah, this is where sometimes you kind of question certain choices by the writers of Supernatural, not as necessarily a negative, but sometimes you you might look at something and like, well, if they're not careful, they can ruin what they've done before or they're going to write themselves into a corner. And this whole thing with the with the, with Ramiel and the Princes of Hell I think makes so much sense with Supernatural, and instead of like destroying or crushing down the foundation that Kripke built, it actually strengthens it. And very few times can you actually look at, I'm not saying other decisions they've made in the past have have hurt, but they don't necessarily help. They add. In my opinion, I think lore like this actually strengthens the original foundation Kripke laid out before this helps uh, this helps you know because you like you said earlier mike we've covered um the angel hierarchy why haven't we ever covered the demon hierarchy and i think this helps that solidify um you know what we've always kind of wondered you know why was azazel why was he different why was why is crowley different why are all these demons you know different why wouldn't they all just have black eyes you know like so it's very interesting that they would go this route. I mean, it, it was, it was kind of like, it's a well thought out decision. It's, it's definitely a well thought out decision because it, for us, I mean, for us who, who really likes lore, I think this is a really cool direction. I think, you know, the Dagon thing kind of scares me though, with the mermaids and stuff because our merman or whatever the hell you want to call it, because you really, if you're going to do that, if you're going to go that route, eventually you better do it right. Because that's another one that could be, it could be weird. It ha- it has to be done correctly. Um, but this opens up so many possibilities um, with Ramiel and Asmodeus uh, and and Dagon. Uh, you've definitely opened up a really cool, cool avenue um, with with the the Prince of Hell. So, well, one of them's a sister. Wouldn't she be the Princess of Hell? It may not. That's just what they called them. Come on, get with the times. Yeah. Come on. Okay. I, I'm just ham. Hey, you know, actresses, I, 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 actresses I just, are I just, actors. Waitresses are I servers. Assumed, I just assumed her demon. Stewardesses are flight attendants. Okay. My, my bad. I assumed He's a prince. Her, I assumed her demon gender. My bad. There's 62 <laughs> gen, uh, demon genders. I'm sorry, I forgot. Now I think I agree with you, Mike. Where you don't need to. It, it helps strengthen it because with Kripke's era, you didn't need to explain as much no you had azazel he was in charge then lilith was now lucifer apocalypse but if you're going to spend as much time in the world as we have with you know seven additional seasons on top of what he originally wrote right and you're going to flesh it out and explain things and have different levels you kind of need to have some of that framework be looked at again and and reinforced i think this definitely helps that okay so you get what i was trying to say like yeah because i'm not saying the decisions they've made since after season six haven't mattered it has mattered um the men of letters has has been fantastic the fool has been fantastic these these big ideas these high concepts that have helped keep the seasons move along have been great but you take them away and the foundation of supernatural still exists yeah um they were there as as addition like you're building on top i felt like the introduction of ramiel and the explanation of the yellow eye demon uh, i think it almost it just strengthened kripke's foundation it felt more natural and fluid with kripke's era and what he was doing does that make sense yeah no i i completely agree so with ramiel we see that he's a bit of a collector and that was another cool thing, just a t- touches of the lore. We see his sub-basement yeah. with that 
that picture of Michael banishing Lucifer down to hell, which was referenced back in season five with Dean being, quote, the Michael sword as his vessel. Now, when you saw the picture that Mary Winchester was looking at in the book, did you know before you saw the picture on the wall? Did you know what that's what it was? The Lance? Yeah. Did you pick up on that? I, I thought, but I was like, ah, they, the, is they going to do that? They've always had swords and blades and stuff. I don't know. I wasn't quite sure. Yeah, but I wasn't I did, 100% certain. I did pause the TV on it, and I rewound it and went back and just stared at the image for a while, and I, I, did, I couldn't figure out what it was. But when I saw her looking at that image, I was like, all right, whatever they're about to do, this is big. I knew it was going to be busting open the door type lore Yeah, when I saw that image. Well, especially the second that he stabs Castiel with it and, and you see that he's not dying immediately, but he's semi dying, oh, yeah. you know, and it just materialized out of nowhere there. I once a demon uses a specific weapon, then I knew there was going to be a whole bunch of lore with that. I mean, the, the rod of Aaron showed us that the hands of God have been different tools that we've used. There's always some kind of lore tied to a new device or, or weapon. Uh, or instrument. I'm just curious as if that was like a, a historical image of of you know Michael, like you know, I mean? like, like that's why I was I'm I'm on I'm actually on Google Images to see if that image that uh, painting. Actually, yep, it is. Yeah, yeah. it's a, that's a real painting. Yeah, it's uh, I'm not even gonna. Oh, it's uh, by Raphael. Yeah, I recognized yeah. it. I just yeah. I couldn't put my I couldn't put yeah my I, finger I, I on what it was. Yeah, I didn't know who thing, did it, but I knew it was real. Well, that's that was one of the things. Like, I, I wanted to know if it was real, if it was actually yeah. done for the episode. That's actually really well. Cool. It was way back. You see that picture back with Bobby doing research about yeah. the Michael Sword with trying to find that's ways right. to kill Lucifer. Yeah, I, I wasn't. So right there, I knew I, it I looked familiar. Excited. That's why I went back to. I'm like, okay, what is this? I couldn't put my finger on it. it. Was it was hurting? And I was like, all right, just watch it, Mike. It'll you'll find out. But, uh, <laughs> Now, one thing that, speaking of the Lance, real quick, I found it interesting that they wrote into the lore that evil things burst into flames essentially really quick, whereas good things suffer before they die. And they make mention of that. The only thing that is, quote, good that Michael would want to suffer was the same thing it was designed to kill, was Lucifer. Lucifer yeah. I found it interesting that they said Lucifer was, quote, good, because we do forget that he is still an angel. Because of all the shit he's done, <laughs> but I liked that concept that he's not still demons are still a different being, an inferior creature to him. That's why he hates them himself. Yep, you know, because he still is an angel. He's just a dickhead, like the biggest dickhead ever. <laughs> but he's still quote good. So I did like that, but I want to know what else is in that sub basement. If we have the Michael. The, the Lance of Michael and the Colt is in that va uh, that vault. What else does he have? What else is in there? Yeah. Got to be some cool shit in there. I mean, Crowley's smart enough to have a collection vault of his own back in season 11. And he brought these two incredibly powerful items to Ramiel. Or Ramiel. What else does he have? He's clearly a collector. He's been around since the dawn of time. There's more stuff there There's in that basement that could be in interesting. There, yeah. There's got to be good, there's got to be cool stuff in there because, you know, for him to have those two items alone, I mean, look, the sword, we've talked about the sword of Michael, but the lance of Michael is just very important. And then to have the Colt as well, I, you know, he's got to have some kick-ass shit in there. I just, I, I think about it, 
And it's like, what could you possibly have in there that... Dude, I need to read the fucking Bible. I just do. Just to find all the stuff that hey, they so, could... Um, hey, so why'd you read the Bible? Are you really into Christianity? Uh, actually, no. I really like Supernatural, and I want to know what's <laughs> going on in it. That, that would be a kicker. Telling your friends, like, have you found faith? No, I'm trying to understand how the next three seasons of Supernatural <laughs> are going to go. Don't read the Bible. Just read, like, the... Uh, do they have a clip the notes wiki? version? No, oh. like, the King James one, I'm not going to read that. Okay, there, there's could. books that will, uh, you can read the mythology. Dude, they've got the Bible, the Bible for dummies, I'm sure, somewhere. The Bible for dummies. It's like a children's version with just pictures and yeah. stuff. It's got <laughs> pop-up pictures. Here's Christ on the cross. Oh. Nobody likes I, that page. Idos mios. <laughs> now, in Spanish? I, I was, I was going to skip ahead. I wasn't going to bring attention to why he went Spanish for a moment. That's <laughs> because well, I'm sure Mike's grandmother would be rolling over her grave she heard me out of like respect it. for davy perez yeah yeah that's what it is yeah 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 now we know we know a little bit about the hierarchy now that essentially the princes of hell were the number ones in charge even above lilith she didn't come into power until azazel was killed now i like i said i think that's a cool there's four of them there was four archangels that kind of made sense a balance the balance the symmetry which balance is clearly a theme in the supernatural universe between God, the light, and yep. the darkness. God and Amara. Especially yeah. from the last two seasons. Yeah. yeah. There has to be good and bad. So you need four archangels for four princes of hell. And we, when he was introduced, I shit myself when he had the yellow eyes. For a second, I thought they, I'm like, did they fucking bring Azazel back somehow? I was like, no, that they can't do that. Yeah. So then I, I needed to find out what happened. But the fact that he was stabbed with angel blades the enochian blade the devil's trap bullets he didn't care shrugged all of it off shrugged that was fucking awesome i thought that was a great way to introduce it it was also an like harken back to season four with castiel's introduction so i love that whole bit i think one of the strongest moments is bringing again as i said last i believe last week how you're bringing characters in when you need them and not just to be in the background. And we've been waiting all season for Crowley to be important since, since what the last, I think second or third episode. Yeah. And they introduced Crowley back into the story in a very relevant moment that actually makes sense to his character. That guy knows everything. He knows what's going on. He knew about the market Kane. He knew where, where to find Kane. He knew how to kill, uh, the, uh, how to manipulate uh, Dean into getting, taking the market Kane. He knew about the cult way back in season, what, five? Was it the yeah. first, first? When he's introduced. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense to his character for him to be the one that knows of the Prince of Hell. And I also like how they explain his rise to power in a way that kind of makes a little bit more sense, honestly. Well, it was a, it was that, a deal. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Essentially, it, it was a deal. And what makes more sense than to have Crowley attain his power through a deal? Yeah. You know, like that's that's Crowley in King a King of the nutshell. Crossroads. Yeah. yeah. King I of the was crossroads. okay with that. And I was kind of afraid to look on the internet to see if people would be kind of pissed about them explaining, explaining Crowley's rise. But again, it makes sense to his character that he would make a deal to become the king of king of hell, because at that point, you got to remember, who was he? He was just a crossroads demon. This actually makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I mean, it does. I was a little disappointed because I kind of like the idea that he stole power during the chaos and, and he manipulated to get power. He technically did. He manipulated to get power. He did. I just didn't I, like exactly where. Do you where... honestly think Thomas, he was trying to be nice to 
Ramiel. Here you go. No. Here's a gift. He was manipulating him. No, he's absolutely manipulating he him. He knew that he wasn't going to want power. He's yep. been in hiding. He just wanted the go ahead so these guys don't try to ri- rise up against him. I think it makes a lot of sense. It works. It makes sense. I'm just, I didn't like it first because I like the idea that he just took it, but where he at first he's like, oh, I don't know. And that other demon was going to take it. And then he's like, nope, mine. Yeah. Makes sense. I it just, makes sense. I and guess I kind of like the mystery behind how he came to power. Yeah. But it's it works. It absolutely works for his personality, for him. Like Ryan said, what better way for the king of the crossroads to become the king the, of hell the, the than to make a deal? Yeah, the guy we've seen make deal after deal after deal. And even, even now in the last couple seasons make deals for certain things. I think what better way for him to attain his power than by making a deal with someone else. I just think that was that was so well thought out and it fits his character so well that at first I was kind of like uh huh and then I thought about it more after the episode I was like that actually makes total sense. Yes, especially because they tied it into the cult. That was the and biggest thing. The for cult me. was um that's how Crowley was introduced into the show. Now, he gave the cult to the Winchesters for what reason? To protect his own ass. Exactly. So now <laughs> we've been asking what happened to the cult after season six, right? Well, so, I mean, we talk about this in our video cast discussion, but the last chronologically, the last time we saw the cult, they try to kill Lucifer with it. He throws, I think, Dean against a tree and, he loses and then they just get up and make a run for it yeah. and they leave the gun presumably on the field there. And I did love that bit that Crowley says you'd be surprised by what people just leave hanging around yeah because essentially they fucking forgot it they left it yeah and it was, crowley being crowley picks it up and uses it to his own advantage again it was a good way to fix something that they kind of just left open-ended because they never eric kripke was was wrapping things up and yeah. i think if the show ended like it was supposed to in season five no one it would have mattered it wouldn't have mattered. it was then. done no, it, mattered, it yeah. was useless it was not going to be used to kill lucifer it didn't matter but now moving on to season 12 we're like okay wait a second i mean just like we all wondered where the samulet was at and they answered yeah. that we were also wondering what happened to the cold like where is it at so yeah, the but, fact that Callie, crowley had it this entire time well, and then used it to barter his power I, that flashback takes place good. right at the beginning, essentially, of season six. I did like how they had him shave, you know, and it, yeah. the, as to show the progression of time. Yep. That takes place right at the end of season five, beginning of season six. So at least that also answers where the cult has been, because something of that power should not just be out in the ether. Yeah, but but correct me if I'm wrong, and, and I don't I don't know. I don't remember what you guys, I didn't listen to what you guys talked about about the cult, but... It hasn't come out yet. Oh, okay, so that's why I haven't listened to it. Mm-hmm. Just covering my <laughs> ass there. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't it have to have specific bullets for it to fire It correctly? did originally, but after season two, when Dean uses the last shot to kill Azazel, oh, Ruby, quote, right. fixes the, the gun. Hot Ruby. Hot Ruby. Hot Ruby. Uh, is that Katie Cassidy? <laughs> mm-hmm. She does something to fix the gun because Bobby was trying to make it work again. The bullets. There's yeah. some magic there that has not been explained. Right. And and we kind of touch on that a little bit in the video cast episode. Spoiler alert. Right. So it did work because they used it throughout season five a lot until they tried to kill yeah, that's what Lucifer. I thought. So I was glad that it wasn't just out and about, but that it was essentially locked away in this guy's vault because he's a collector of weapons right. for all this time. That that I loved that bit. Because not only did it make sense 
for what happened to it right after the events of Lucifer, but it made sense for Crowley and it made sense for why we haven't seen it for so long. Yeah. Because it's a demon killing weapon. Like if the Enochian blade and an angel blade don't really do shit against a prince of hell. Yeah. Because because de- you forget angels can just smite demons. Just a hand on the head will smite a demon. But yellow eyes in them are clearly a, a class above, which brings, you know, the whole hierarchy of hell back into play. So I like that the cult had to be used. But again, that makes me think there's so much. And again, this is in the video cast episode. What did Samuel Colt do to make this thing so fucking powerful? And what is that going to come into play in the future of this show? Because clearly the British Men of Letters knew about it and they wanted it. And why do they want it? Exactly. Why right. do they want it? If they didn't know that Lucifer was 100% real, then they don't know about the Nephilim and or they don't care. So why do they want it? That's another thing why I really liked this episode was because we, I think, and again, I can't remember if we talked about this in the video cast or not. Um, but we, I, I was always afraid that with the introduction of the men of letters, they are so powerful and they have so many ways to kill creatures as we saw trap yeah. demon we we saw that that egg will trap lucifer so we're like well this kind of takes away the importance this is actually a gripe we had this takes away the importance of a lot of things then that sam and dean were trying to do to kill lucifer and we find out that the cult's important has not been the, the cult's importance has not been marginalized in the least um just the so you- fact that they're after it and it only kill and it and they still reiterated the fact that it can kill there's only five things that the in the universe or whatever they said that this can't kill right it, it, it they maintained the importance and relevance of the cult they didn't diminish it did you guys uh, just so you know in the chat room uh jstuu it's not an enochian blade it's the demon slaying knife of the kurds see i thought henry winchester said in order to do that you would need an enochian blade and then sam showed him and i may wh- be remembering what are you talking wrong? about what are you Ruby's talking about i'm reading i'm reading from the Someone posted it in the in the chat room. No, I mean, why are we talking? Ruby's knife did what? Now it was an Enochian blade. I thought it was an Enochian blade. blade. It's they they're saying it's a demon slaying knife of the Kurds. Yeah, you think it was an angel? We just kept saying Enochian blade. What Ruby's knife? That's what you guys were saying. That's what. That's what I've said before. That's what I thought Henry Winchester said, but I'm probably wrong. We didn't. I don't think we even were introduced to those for a while. I don't think you understand what I'm saying. It's okay. You're talking about Ruby's knife, right? That they used to kill, slay everything for a long time. Yes. Yeah. Why did you think it was a Enochian blade? I, I didn't. Oh, I did. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought Henry Winchester said that in season eight. Oh no, it was just someone in the chat room. Correct. No, he, he, whoever it is is right. Yeah, that's yeah. why. That's why okay, I so, I, so I was wrong. My apologies. I wasn't picking up Let's on what you were talking it. about. We're gonna fact check. Hold on. No, they're right. We actually yeah. talked about that in a latest episode. I, <laughs> I still say. Sorry, Enochian that was like blade, seventy-two episodes ago. I don't remember that. Yeah. Uh so. Sorry to derail. Yeah, you kind of fucking fuck it up everything. Uh, whatever, that's what I'm here for, right? You fucking things up just to prove that I'm wrong. God damn it. Well, it's you, and I like to prove that you're wrong sometimes because <laughs> you get up on your high horse, and I got to knock you down a peg or two. Dickhead. Yeah, whatever. Now, there's some people who have thought that they're going to try and reverse engineer the cult to understand its magic. Nah. Eh. I, I first, all, good, first of all, good yeah. fucking luck. Dude. Reverse engineer. What? What is this? Apple. Like what, what is this? No, no, Bill Gates. You know, like I'm gonna reverse engineer other people's technology and remake it. Come on, like that's that would be, dude. That would be jumping the shark. 
we're going to reverse engineer and the Colt and make a like bunch a, of them. They put it like in an M4 and they're like having full <laughs> auto M4. <laughs> I, I hope it, it's it, now if that's their idea, if the men of letters want to do that, that would be cool if they want to do it. But I would love for it to be something they cannot oh, yeah. copy. Well, that's what that's what I'm saying. Good fucking luck. Samuel yeah. Colt was a legend amongst hunters. And they've never, hunters. they still have never explained what made the Colt be able to do such a thing. I really. honestly think they should do a Western style supernatural spinoff with Colt as the main character. I agree. That would be fucking cool. But yeah, he knew something about magic beyond what anyone else did at that time or ever since. Yeah. So good luck with that, first of all. But again, I still think they're far more villainous than they're leading on. I mean, Mary essentially was given bad information and they're just kind of like, well, you know, fucking figure it out. I'm I'm starting to go in that direction as well. I I wanted to believe that they were kind of, they were good. Don't fucking trust them. I, I just, I want there to be one organization that's, they don't have to be all good, but I want them to have the great, at least the greater good should be their goal. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if I want the Men of Letters to be bad, evil pieces of shit. We've already, the angels were kind of that already. Like, they, yeah. were, they were supposed to be these good creatures, and they're kind of just pieces of shit who don't really care. Right. So, I, I don't really want to see that with the Men of Letters. If they do go that route, then I wouldn't mind it being a separate agenda of a, of a group of them. Like maybe, like, maybe him, Ketch, and Davies. Well, there's clearly someone they report to. This was not yeah. necessarily Catch saying, here's a mission for you. And Davies wrote that report to someone. Yeah. So there's still some kind of figurehead right. at the British Middle Letters running things. So who knows what they're going to do with that. But I think we're going to kind of get a little bit more of their their purpose now after this episode. I think we have to. I think you yeah, have to. I agree. I do, I do not trust them for shit, first I think of all. that's the point. And I think there's also a little bit of foreshadowing there. Mary, I'm calling it now. Mary Winchester is going to put a bullet in Mr. Catch's head. I'd be okay with that. I mean, she straight, up, she, straight up, she straight up said it. She said, if you do this to me again, I'm going to kill you. As a promise. So dude, Mary's savage, that's, dude. I think I'm willing to bet that's how Mr. Catch is going to go out. I, I'd be okay with that. I think that'd be... <laughs> pretty fucking cool yeah, because he's not going to stop he's going to keep using these are these hunters in america are no different than his the tools in his bag in the back in his trunk yeah like that's how he looks at these people yeah now do we want to get into mary a little bit in this I, episode? I say we stick with the ramiel or do you want to uh, go lore continue briefly. with that yeah so ramiel is actually an actual biblical reference for those who are not well versed but he's not a demon in that in the actual is it's the bible book of enoch right no because the, the book of enoch is not considered it's, it's biblical canon not officially it was found i, I guess uh what in this when was the dead sea scrolls found that's when a lot of plus years ago yeah some, something like that not too long ago but it's all that quote biblical text that's not officially because the thing is people don't not everyone some people do there's a lot of biblical lore that's not official that the vatican has locked away in their library that no one's allowed to go into or see. And the Book of Enoch is one of those. Yeah, they only have allowed four, was it the four testaments in the New you mean Testament? As, you mean as biblical canon? As, as what they allow out there as this is the Bible. Right. There's more to it than that. No, there's been a lot, and they don't hide it necessarily. Like, the Book of Enoch's out there. You can read it. 
Uh, there's, I think they sell copies of it as well now. But some it's, of it's allowed out there. It some beca- of it's not, though. It became more substantiated as relevant when the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. I, th- I want to say in the seventies. Uh, because I they found it was earlier than that. No, I, I, I want to say it? the seventies. Oh, yeah, okay. I don't know exactly. Look it up. I think I'll look it up. I think it's seventies or, or early eighties. Um, but regardless, the Book of Enoch just has some of the most interesting angel lore oh, and mythology dumb. that I've ever that fiction couldn't create something this cool. And Ramiel is a fallen watcher angel, watcher angel, a Gregorian in the Book of Enoch. According to the, and this is Wikipedia, but I honestly trust Wikipedia at this point. A uh, collection of some 981 different manuscripts discovered between 1946 and 47, 1956, and 2017. Oh, wow. They're still finding. They're them. still finding shit. All right. Holy crap. Like, that's a thou- nearly a thousand manuscripts of, yeah. of who knows what. Some of it's obviously available to read, but I guarantee not everything either A, is digitized and up available, or B, allowed out there. Yeah. So, but that's just fucking cool, first of all. Yeah. But he was a Gregory. He's an angel, so he's not a prince of hell, but they still took that name. Now, there is a connection between him, though, and the Nephilim. Pa, pa, right, and that's... I'm wondering if, obviously, they've already changed... Supernatural long ago has kind of twisted biblical mythology and made it fit into their own story and changed a few things. Um, Ramiel's a demon, whereas in, in actual biblical mythology, Ramiel is an angel, but they are the ones ramiel along with others are the ones who took wives of humans and had sex with them and gave birth to the nephilim so i'm wondering if they're going to draw some connection to the nephilim storyline by introducing a character because that's that's an awful that's an that's a pretty big coincidence because yeah. Ram- i mean that's specifically when in even in the actual biblical canon uh the watcher angels are described as being the fathers of the nephilim so that's something that's pretty widely known if you pay attention to biblical uh, biblical lore. So it'd be interesting. I my mind started immediately racing towards that. I'm wondering if they're going to draw some connection to the Nephilim. They have to, right? Well, they, well, they have I mean, to they with, did with say, Lucifer, right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So they got to draw some connection. The importance of the Nephilim. They're connected to them. Who knows? I know uh, Ramiel said that his sister is actually interested. And the Nephilim, isn't that what he yeah. said? Yeah, he said she had so. she had taken up an interest in the Nephilim uh, because of the fact that Lucifer has fathered a child uh, or is about to father a child. Um, and we're we're basing this on nothing. It just right. just, it's just tra- cool. drawing conclusions and taking I mean, from. Well, that's here's another little cool thing. According to the first book of Enoch, one of the angels, one of the two hundred fallen, one of them's name Azazel. Yeah. So I mean they, they they take these names and this inspiration and they kind of like you said they they turn it into their own thing. Yeah, and it could be simply okay just that. that. It just could names be, even. Yeah, it could be simply just that, but it does seem like a pretty big. It seems deliberate. It, it does. I mean, especially with with the theme this year of them, kind of the storyline. I, sh- I should say of the Nephilim being important. I mean, if it goes down the evil route, could the princes of hell try to be its allies in some way? Yeah, who knows. If it goes down, the, come on now. It's, we don't it, know. Oh, come on. It's the it's the <laughs> child of Lucifer. Yeah, Give me it's, it's going to be evil. It's going to be evil. Come on. Yeah, and their throne is and their throne is going to be in the city of of uh, Atlantis. Watch. Oh, <laughs> I'd be okay man. with it. 
I'd be okay with it. I probably would. Oh God! Not the Merman part. But Atlantis the show showing up. It would change the show. It so would, much. but dude, that's so supernatural idea. Atlantis, Stargate, supernatural hey, show. Hey, supernatural jump the shark. Angels <laughs> can travel through time. Oh God! Here we go. But it's hard. Quote: It's tricky. It's if, hard. If a Nephilim is more powerful. Okay, we're uh, getting Atlantis. a we're now, getting we're just, now we're jumping the yeah, shark. Yeah, we're like basically brainstorming fan fiction. Supernatural the crossroads jump the shark. All right, no. so then... so We can talk about Mary now. Yeah, let's get into Mary now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bet Wally was. Ooh, now, this is something <laughs> that... technically 62, so that's not... Hey, whatever, dude. She's a gilf. Now, this is something that I saw online, but this is something that Mike and I talked I'll about earlier. Is. Mary Winchester is really interesting in this episode, particularly because she acts like a Campbell rather than a Winchester. There is multiple times throughout this episode, whether she's lying to Castiel or denies having stolen something at the detriment to possibly the death of everyone in the barn. Yeah. To uh- still not admitting it once the coast is clear. To yeah. lying to Sam and Dean and getting Wally, frankly, killed using him because, quote, but, they'll, they won't ask the right questions. Let, then. let me ask you this, though, okay, and just to, to play devil's advocate here. <laughs> is it really more Campbell to lie to them because isn't lying a Winchester trait? No, lying, no. you're right. Yes, I, I yeah. agree with you, Ryan, yeah. but it's she's going about it a different way route and i wouldn't be surprised if they're trying to make her well, tap okay more I, of campbell than winchester I can she see is that. a campbell she isn't a winchester exactly uh, and here's my thing with the lying the winchesters lie very to different. each other they do not lie to other hunters at the risk of their own life yeah but okay let, let's let's be honest here okay she she's lying to sam and dean okay that's her family she lies to Wall. She doesn't actually lie to Wally. She tells him, "Hey, I need you." I to- bet fifty bucks he doesn't know that she's going after the cult to give it to the British Men of Letters. No, but does she? Does she lie about the fact that if if uh, Sam and Dean knew that they were doing it for her, they wouldn't want her doing it? So they had. She told him, "Hey, I need you to pose." Okay, I mean, which is technically. Let, let me let I mean, me play devil's advocate here. Devil's advocate, ooh, right? What is that like? Okay. Is that like a double agent? Okay. Devil's advocate. There's one big difference. Angel okay? lawyer. Sam and Dean have lied to each other. Time and time again. Okay. Yep, yep. And we've seen that. But they've never put themselves. They've never. Sam has never put Dean in the front of no, death. No, they've put their self in Sam, front of Sam, Dean yeah. has never put Sam in jeopardy, his life, and vice versa. For Mary Winchester to lie to Sam and Dean and Castiel and put all their lives in jeopardy, that's a Campbell maneuver. Yeah. That is exactly like her father. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah, I'll give you that. I think she, she, ha- she goes a little too far and I'm okay with that because I'm okay with her being like her father I think it makes sense and I would like to start seeing some differences between the John Winchester style and the Campbell style and we've already established that the Campbells are pretty fucking hardcore and a good example someone brought this up in the chat that I, I didn't even think of John Winchester gives up the cult to save Dean exactly Mary yeah. risks everyone's life to give it to some fuckers she doesn't trust. Yes. They're, they're, what? They're doing this intentionally. This yeah. is yeah. that they are trying to draw a clear difference between John, Sam and Dean, and Mary and her father. Now, let me... Absolutely. Let, it's, let not, me, it's not by accident. No, it's not 
let's fuck this up entirely. This is a deliberate devil's advocate to your devil's because advocate. Because can you imagine Dean doing that and putting Castiel no. and Sam's life in jeopardy? Never. And then keeping his mouth shut afterwards. Up, up. Well, let me, let me. Okay, again, let me, let me throw something else at you. Okay, now, yeah, she lied. Okay, and she cost. She could have cost someone their lives. Do you think it would have been much more impactful if Castiel did die? It, oh yeah, it would. Okay, well, that's where I'm going with yeah. this because I already think it's gonna do unrepairable damage damage to his to Dean's relationship with his mother. We already know that Castiel has a special place in Dean and Sam's heart. <laughs> They're, I mean, they they have beat you over the head this year with reminding Family us that, oh my God, that Castiel yeah. loves them. Yeah, and yeah. when we'll do anything, Dean finds out that his mom pretty but, much got Castiel almost killed. Within the brink of a moment. He's not going to forgive her. This isn't going to be an easy up. It's okay. No harm, no foul. It's going to be some repercussions in their relationship. And the other thing is the Winchesters, everybody who's been close to them has been like family. They'd be willing to sacrifice themselves for. They'd always, I mean, Gabriel says the whole thing in that in changing channels. You guys always pick each other and that's your biggest weakness, which is something the Campbells never suffer from, admittedly. But the fact that Castiel has been clearly shown to be their family that they've known Castiel really known him longer than they know Mary. Mary's a stranger yeah. to them. She was put on a pedestal but she's still a stranger. Dean was what five at most? And I want maybe. I Sam's want them. Newborn. I don't know about you guys but I want them to explore that a bit. Yeah. I want the image of their mother to be brought down a bit because I think it's more realistic. They have put their mother on a pedestal because and it's sad to think that it's sad because if she never was brought back, they would always remember their mom a certain way. And that's kind of sad, but that's the tragedy of this story. Yeah. And I hope they go down that route just for the sake of great storytelling. Yeah. Let the mom be brought down. Show them that she's imperfect. And it's, then she could redeem herself by sacrificing for them. Yes. A way a true Winchester would. Right. Yeah. Remembering John, remembering her kids, realizing, as Bobby said, Family doesn't end with blood, and there's more to this life than just, quote, the mission. Let her take that Samuel Campbell approach, and then at the very end, have her veer off and make a Winchester decision. I think that would be a powerful way to conclude her story. Or what if they just do a complete opposite and make her go Campbell route and completely just... Well, then that just sucks. (laughs) I think she will in regards to everybody else, but I think for us... to care about Mary, yeah. she needs to choose Sam and Dean in the end. And that's the thing. Like she, I, I, I can't imagine the writers bringing her back and then destroying our image of her as well. And she almost did say something, but I think because Castiel was the one who was at threat and not her her sons is why she didn't. I think if it was Dean or Sam, she would have said something, which makes her better than her father, but she's still been raised under Campbell hunting techniques. Yep. You know? I like it. I'm okay with it. I'm not saying anything bad about her. I'm saying that that's what they're doing, and I I like it. It creates a great dynamic in the story. Well, it also creates new problems, because she pissed off and resulted in the death of another Prince of Hell. The other two aren't going to take that, you know, I mean, we know Dagon's already paying attention to the Nephilim. What's the other one's name? How do you pronounce it? Asmodeus. Asmodeus. Asmodeus? He's going to be a threat. Yeah. It has to be. Well, the fact that they chose to go the route of calling them brother and sister. Yeah. 
that was done again intentionally to show that there is an importance that they have for each other. It also reminds me of the horsemen. Yeah. There's four of them. They were brothers. You know, you fuck with one, the others yep. are coming up. Yeah. Yep. Because we've seen in the past, if one demon dies, no, the other demon doesn't care. No. So how do you establish that there is some type of connection between, between them, them. Yep. by calling them brother and sister? And by doing so, I think we can all surmise that, yeah, there is going to be some ramifications. There's going to be some interests that has, or, or the can of worms has been opened. There's going to be some because, ramifications. Oh. <laughs> Jesus, that's terrible. <laughs> I don't know why that was funny. That was yeah, horrible. it was awful, but it was it was well played. Now, what I don't <laughs> necessarily understand is Mary clearly knows the power of the cult, and yet she still gives it to the British Men of Letters, despite knowing that they tortured her kid. Okay, I have a question about that, Thomas, and you may not know now that you're calling Ruby's blade of an, Ooh, an angel blade. Yeah. But question. Did she know? I know Sam and Dean filled her in on the past however many years. Was the cult part of that knowledge? Did they, does, does she know of their connection to the cult? I would imagine she knows of the connection because A, Dean told and them told her the past. Yeah. The cult is a massive part of their past. It's why their dad's dead because they had it. It's what allowed them to survive. It's what killed Yellow Eyes, the thing that killed her. I think she has to know. I think it's amazing. She probably also knew lore wise from the Campbells and her old hunting days that knew about the cult existed. They just didn't know where it was. I think it's pretty amazing that Mary's willing to give the cult to the that men of letters when she nuts. knows yeah, that seems when weird. she knows the amount of power it has and how desperate they were to get it because they lied to her and didn't tell her all the information, all the details. I find that part a little hard to swallow. Yeah. Like what's Mary doing? She's not naive just because she's been, she's been missing for 30 some years and the world's moved on. She's not naive. She knows how the world works. I think that was kind of a silly decision for her to do. Yeah. Like, here you go. Here's a weapon that kills everything, but five things. Here you go. Take it. Yeah. That does seem odd. Although I will say I'm, I am looking forward to find out what the five things are. (laughs) Do you think we're finally going to find out? I or, think we have to. Or do you think it ruins it? No, it kind of closes it in. Like meaning. Maybe not all it, five. If we find out what all five are. Then it takes away the, myst- the, the mystique, the mystique behind the cult. And also kind of the writers will write themselves into a corner. Here's what because you do. How do you create creatures you get, that are stronger than that? What, you know what I'm saying? You give us four and then leave the last one blank. Or just you just give us another one. We know Lucifer, but that still doesn't mean whether it's Lucifer or Archangels. Right. And then well, just Lucifer give us... Lucifer is an Archangel, so we'd have to... But give... does that mean it wouldn't kill Raphael and Michael, or would it only not kill Lucifer because of who he is and his importance? But he's... he's no, in the grand scheme of things, he's not... I know you love him, Thomas, but all he is is an Archangel. Right, but the fact that, that he said... rogue. But the thing is, he, he says is the... he's one of the five things. And so I'm assuming I'm it's assuming Arca- Archangels. Ar- yeah. That's how I've always viewed it. Not not just him. He's special in the eyes of you know God in the storyline. But Samuel Colt, he's you know what he would know. Back and then. special in your eyes, right? Mm. Mm. My pants. There's, uh, what? <laughs> there's a level that Samuel Colt does not know. Just that he's an archangel. My God. So what you do is you tell us another thing that it won't kill. 
For more you on this, you don't have this, to give us all five. For more on this, listen to the, the video, video cast or watch it because it's a video. Oh, that's right. Fucking moron. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> now the question is also: Will Castiel kind of figure it out? He's the only one who knew that Mary yeah. went somewhere else, and he is a lie detector. I, I think it'll be a smart way to create tension. I mean, he could have easily because that's one thing that kind of bothered me. I'm like. He should know whether or not she's lying. Right, they brought absolutely. attention to that this season. Yes. So does he just trust her enough to not ask too many questions? Now he should. I, I think not. Obviously, at the moment, no, because he's he's dying. But I think in a later episode, you're going to see him questioning and kind of going back to yeah. that detective when cast. he has to. When if it comes up again as to what was going on at the house, why? they went there because there's a lot of questions that aren't answered when the episode ended yeah well like, i think intentionally right yeah they did that on purpose so i mean i mean even for, i mean for sam and dean but they're not just gonna walk away like oh well what how do we manage to fall into that snake pit they're gonna have questions yeah and they're going to you know give the what the fifth degree what's it called the third degree on mary they're gonna be asking these questions and i think Jesus. it's gonna cause castiel to start asking questions as well and he's gonna he's gonna remember that she was all you know, she was coming up from the basement, all secretive. Yeah, well, I love how she said, I went to the bathroom. It's like, all Castiel has to do is open the door and be like, oh, uh, that's the I, basement. I, I don't you, smell shit. Were you pooping in the... You <laughs> know, or would you smell molecules? I'm a private pooper, Castiel. <laughs> I like to go where there's no bathroom at all and actually just poop in the corner. <laughs> Very weird. My poop corner? I don't want like, an animal? I don't know. <laughs> like an animal? Like an animal. Now, Cast with Castiel's near-death experience, we had Crowley actually be the one who saved him. I'm okay with that. I yeah. liked that. I thought. Is this the second same. time now he's saved Cassio's life for no yes, reason? Probably but, so. But to be a nice dude, I liked Crowley in this episode. Not only did we see, you know, his his background that we kind of knew about, but it was got it got fully flushed out. But we see that he still does consider them friends, family, as close as he's ever going to have. I think there's more to it than that as well. Um, They've been working towards this for a couple years now, putting Crowley in this area of confusion as to how does he make his decisions? Do, do, right. I, do I kill them? Do I keep them in my corner? And they kind of made it clear this week saying, you know, the Winchesters have proven themselves. And I like how they even fix the issue that we've always talked about. The Winchesters have gone up against Lucifer and defeated the apocalypse. What next? How can they not handle anything else? And Crowley even straight up said, yeah, probably probably with a given time, they can handle Ramiel. Right. But that's something they don't have time for right now. So oh, they, al- they almost... limited time, yeah. Right. So they even fixed that little thing, showing that this is a threat. It may take time for them to figure it out, but it's something that they can't handle. But he kind of... They kind of... I mean, they kind of put... Crowley in a weird area with the Winchesters because they're meaner to him than he is to them. Yeah, and, and I don't know if they're doing it intentionally to keep it vague. Like, I, I don't think they want to take away the teeth from Crowley completely by saying, "Yay, I'm Team Winchester." So they always yeah. they always try to keep it very vague as to what his true intentions are. I mean, I think the most we ever gotten from him pertaining to the Winchesters was when he said, "It's always nice to keep a Winchester in your corner." Yeah. Well, yeah, he he even he says it right there to Ramiel. He's yeah. like, I, I I need these guys. These are guys that we actually need. They come in handy when you need them, which is it's true. I That's mean, half yeah. truth, though. But, but I think it, there is a personal yeah. edge to it as well. I, I do, but I think they're leading 
us down the road that Crowley will end up. I think he's going to end up becoming bad again. And because they've been teasing us with that for a very long time now of the Winchesters don't care about you. They don't view you as anything more than a demon. I mean, look at where Mary, when she said, if you touch me, I'll, I'll kill, kill you. you. Yeah. I mean, I felt bad for Crowley and I think Crowley wants to be accepted. Yeah. Absolutely. But, I mean, look at Lucifer, even at the end when he's, oh, when he's so taunting good, him dude. about the Winchesters. So they're not just saying it to say it. Eventually, Crowley's going to have to make a big decision. And I think ultimately that decision will not be to help the Winchesters. Well, I mean, we know he's already kind of playing his own game with Lucifer being in his own little, the, the dog kennel, essentially. First of all, loved that bit when he's taunting him because just like Lucifer always has done and the best bits of him, he starts to get you to believe what he's fucking selling. He's the snake in the he's garden. The snake, yeah. dude. It's that's why I love this portrayal of him. I agree. It's so fucking on point with the only way that makes sense. Because again, I'll, I've said it before. If you had some like pitchfork demon with hooves saying, "I'm going to torture you for eternity," no one's going to fucking do anything bad. But if you have a guy who makes you think, you know what? Here's why you should do that, and you are right. I like you, and like you convince you, manipulate you. That's something we see in real life. That yes. makes sense. That works to us as a human. That fits in our realm That's of understanding. That's how Ryan gets most of his days. Exactly. Right. You have to be a snake in the grass. <laughs> a one-eyed snake in the grass. That's That spits venom. <laughs> now, I like that portrayal, but he, right here, he's like, you know what they are going to do. They're going to kill you. It's in their blood. That, you know, that whole bit, and Crowley's like, just tells him to shut up. And I love that bit of the end. He's like, that's he's like shut up dog he's like that's not my name and you just see his eyes fucking great dude dude every they, they, every time every time they use that shot of his eyes it's glowing. so good ah. but what do you think the writers are trying to say i mean we know we, saw we know it. we know what happened but what do you think that what direction I think lucifer are they going? has a bigger plan than he's kind of leading on at this point as as least as far as crowley goes crowley somehow trapped him and I, my money says we're going to find out that when Rowena was there, he convinced her to use the spell some way to where he wouldn't be banished 100% away to the cage, but not quite, you know, at full power. And that's why he has him in the dog kennel. Crowley, despite all his strengths, is kind of petty. So you think Absolutely Crowley petty. and Rowena... Crowley and Rowena planned, planned to... that around them. It was like the Winchesters but... want Lucifer gone. So we'll take him. How would, thing. how would they know, though, that the egg that they used to, to get him out of the president's body would... The like, egg was only used to banish it from the vessel. Rowena did some fucking spell to, I thought, my understanding, I might be wrong on this, back into the to cage. send him back into the cage. Yeah. Because she had the Book of the Damned. She was the one right. who could open him open up the cage in the first place. The little, right. the little view slot. Crowley is petty. It makes sense that he would put him in the dog cage because that's what he made Crowley do. And that's the kind difference of... is Lucifer doesn't give a fuck. He's been in the worst prison ever. Crowley felt that was demeaning. He has pride. So he's he wants revenge against Lucifer. Lucifer's like, you are so small scale that even if I sit in this dog cage, I am not threatened by you. I'm not bothered by this because this is not a threat to me. And I think he's got more at stake more planned for Crowley. I think Crowley's going to make some big ass fucking mistake by trying to keep this little, keep the devil locked up. Like, oh, I've got it under control. No, you fucking don't. 
That's going to blow up in Crowley's got to shit or get off the pot at this point. That's all I'm saying. He is does. That, and I, and I, they've been, like I said a few minutes ago, they've been guiding him in this direction for quite some we time. We thought at the end of season 10 he was going to yeah, go full it, villain again. Yeah, he's got to do something. They've been building up this this uh, this this Crowley sadness of they don't like me for a long <laughs> time now. And, and I think it's it, I, he needs to make a decision. And he kind of made a decision last year when he was about to kill Sam. If you remember when he was tired of them, uh, what was it? When he got women with the red eyes came yeah, back and yeah. Sam tried to kill Crowley. Yeah, end of season 10. Yeah. So we know that he's made some, some changes and some choices that would, that kind of put the wedge between him and Winchester. But I think it's got to be more than that with the direction they're going. I agree. I mean, they can't just keep playing with that type of emotion. They need to take it someplace. I think Crowley trying to quote shit or get off the pot and make a decision will result in him trying to use or abuse Lucifer and then he's going to let the genie out of the bottle and that's going to be a whole fucking thing again. Yeah. And I, I think Lucifer is waiting it out because again, his whole body stature, talking about singing a song, whispering in his ear, you know, like the visage behind the throne, like you're you're going to fuck up because or the Winchesters are going to kill you. Why do you still trust them? He's planning something. He's working on something. He a prison is no threat to Lucifer. He hates it, but he's been in there more than he than he's been free. Were you hoping for blue fire <laughs> behind uh, behind Lucifer? I was good with just the red eyes. Thank you. I think a blue flame would the have question, been really super cool. The question that I've seen posted on the internet as well that I was a little curious about, but I frankly don't care enough is why is he in Pellegrino's vessel? The, the that was Nick a question vessel? I brought up last week, Thomas. What do you mean you don't care about it? I, I don't care so That's much rude. because he, as long as he's Mark Pellegrino, I'm okay with it. I'm not. I don't really care. They need to, they need to just, they need to explain it. The first time That's was That's what fine, I wonder though. But I, and I'm not one of those fans that, or one of those viewers of TV that needs everything explained. But when you're dealing with a show. Where his big where thing is he needs a vessel. Things, where things are explained for continuity reasons or for whatever. I think they do need to kind of explain why we see him in hell as as Nick. Well, that's, is that even hell? Because I thought that was the the his throne, which is that Why building would, on so Earth. So you're thinking Lucifer is? So you wait a second. They got to be in hell, dude. Because why? How? Then that. But makes, isn't that where that throne room was? Where he kept yeah, the Mara that, that I they busted he into? Remember, he left when they found his secret base and they made fun of him. Yeah, but the, he's the only one there now. Huh. The, the demons was... kind of right. follow well, him, but if they're not, really. not in hell. Then that brings up even bigger questions. That's what why I'm wondering is he about. in that vessel? Then? I could see black magic through Rowena and the Book of the Damned being a part of that, or okay, maybe. But if this was something he could do a long time ago, then why didn't he do it when he's burning I'm, through I don't vessels? Think Lucifer could. I think somehow Rowena did something. Hmm. I don't know. That's taking a lot of assumptions. That's a lot of assumptions. Could it's be. Head cannon. But I, that's, that's just me wanting to know how they manage that. That's you wanting Mark Pellegrino. That too, yes. <laughs> I'd rather but, not but have the, Mark Pellegrino already done if it. they write themselves into weird areas. I understand and I agree, but they've already done it. So now that they've done it, I want but to know how. But they were in hell. Oh, you mean they already done it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This past episode, yeah. You're right. Yeah, they've done it in this last episode. He's still the vessel or the... I'm thinking they're in hell. Visage of how he's represented. Maybe he. Maybe they are. I thought that was the throne room because that's the same kind of kennel that he was in before. Yeah. So they they need to touch on that in some way. 
And I think so far, I'm sure they will. They're they, not going to. I think they will. Yeah, they're not going to just not explain that. Yeah, Th- that would be suicide if they didn't explain it. Yeah. Uh, they've done a really good job of explaining a ton of shit recently. So, especially when they bring back the old stuff, I, th- I think they need to. So I, I've got faith in that aspect. You got to have faith. <laughs> so I think now after like about an hour and a half almost of discussion, we should probably go to our final thoughts on this episode. Who wants to start? Ryan. Oh, you want me to go first? Yeah, we're going to start with you. Okay. Oh, man. Let me think here. You know what? I, I said it earlier when I started talking about the episode. I, I actually really liked the the format of the episode. I guess that's what we'll call it. Um, I enjoy... Um, the jumping, the flashbacks, the the time advances. I, I just, I really like that because it kept me kind of on my toes watching it. I think if, again, and I said it earlier, if they had made it a linear episode, I, it probably wouldn't have been as good as I, even with all the lore and stuff that was in it. Um, I think the entire the entire episode set up a very interesting outlook and and what we have going on for the second half of the season. You've got the yeah. you've got the British Men of Letters with Mary, and that intrigues me. Then you've got this whole prin- Prince of Hell situation that just—I mean, like it was almost like they were like, "Okay, here's what we're doing the rest of the season," and it, they they gave us a big, big piece right off the bat. The lore in this episode was redonkulous, um, and I knew I knew watching it. While I was, you know, I, I was watching it in my hotel room when I was on my trip, and I'm watching, I'm like, oh my god, this episode that we're gonna about to do is gonna be long as shit. Because I just knew, like, it, every time I see Laura like that, I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be nuts. There's a ton to talk about. Yeah, right? it's a ton to talk about. Um, uh, just the the visual effects, like I said earlier, the, the him pulling the lance out of his back, yeah, and it just materializing uh, was one of the coolest shots I think I've ever that we've I've seen in a while. Um, obviously the one with Lucifer's eyes again still fucking cool um this opens up a lot of can of worms though and i think we were already kind of in a in a limbo in the last couple episodes like okay where's this where's this season going right and i think this opened up a lot of questions and i which is not bad i mean that's not bad because we were at one point we were all like i have no fucking idea where this is going and now it's like okay we've got a few avenues that we can hit on here and and not just not just things that were just thrown at us it was like okay these are big issues that we need to figure out so I think Mike is right, though. I think we're going to see something with Castiel here pretty soon. And they've effectively shown us the multiple, you know, I'm in, you know, you're my family and all this stuff. I think something's going to happen here pretty yeah, soon. And I think I, they're raising the stakes. This yeah, time. they're definitely going to raise the stakes. So uh, if I had to, I mean, I knew as soon as they started doing the cuts and stuff that it was going to be a really cool episode, especially with the sound, with the soundtrack for it. Um, I'm actually going to give this an A. This is an A episode for me. I enjoyed it. I, I thought the formatting of the episode was really cool and the pacing was really well done. Um, and I loved, I love, love, love the music. It was super duper cool. So A for me. All right, Mike, what about you? Well, okay, first off, I would like to say that this episode is an A. Um, I like that Davey Perez and Richard Spate decided to use, you know, a Tarantino homage to kind of to use I guess his style to transport the story in essence in a way that they could tell the story in 42 minutes. Because as I was saying, and and what Ryan just said, uh, honestly, I don't think they could have fully 
developed this story the way they did if they right. went in a linear fashion. I think because they used cheats that worked so that they can tell the story in the allotted time. I, I felt that because of that choice, they you they had a, a lot of thought behind this episode before they even started writing they they thought about it i don't think this was just like hey guys let's do a tarantino style episode i think there was a thought process behind the decision um in order to tell the story in 42 minutes and have fun with it also the new lore i again wasn't just something that was thrown on the wall which is something i and again i'm not slamming carver i like carver uh, but it's something that you heard a lot during the course of his run that they would throw things on the wall and if something stuck, they would use it. This is an example of that. This is a well thought out example of lore being used the right way. And again, not taking away anything Gamble has done or Carver has done since Kripke has exited the building. But as I was saying during the show, th- Men of Letters, the Thule, all these new things we've gotten in terms of lore have been great ways to add more depth to the world of supernatural. But the idea of Ramiel and the princes of hell, it felt and and flowed a lot better with Kripke's original idea uh, for supernatural. It strengthened the foundation he built. It didn't just add to it. It strengthened it. And in that way, this felt more real and more true to supernatural yeah um dab working this entire season trying to repair the image of the demons making them scary again which is something he said he was gonna do uh he said this from the very beginning that his inspirations for this season is a lot like a lot um what from season two he said i think season one and season two that's when demons were really fucking threatening exactly which would mean the demons so he's kind of he's staying true to his original idea all in all, the episode worked really well, and I have no no complaints. Oh, something I think is very fun is the parallel between um, Mary Winchester and Sam Samuel, or yeah, Samuel Campbell. I like it. They have to be doing it intentionally. Yeah, no, I I agree with you guys. This episode was fantastic for me. I loved the way it was written. I loved the way it was filmed. I loved the Tarantino you know, homage. I loved the lore that was introduced. And Mike, you you said it best with it builds and reinforces the structure that Kripke had set up years ago. It makes demons threatening again, which Dav has said he was trying to do. I'm glad he's, we're seeing that come to fruition. You know, like Ryan, like you said, in the mid season before we were kind of like, where the hell is this show going right now? But now we have a couple different avenues, all of which make sense. I love the little touches between Mary's Campbell-esque tendencies to Crowley is both borderline, still sees them as friends, but is also tired of their shit slash threatened by them. I love seeing the cult brought back into it. That was just amazingly so prevalent for us as this show after we had just talked about it. But as a fan, I was just so excited to see that come back into play. Obviously, I love the Lucifer bit. The whole filmmaking of the episode the tension the pacing everything about it felt great i mean this is this has been my favorite episode of this season so far by a pretty wide margin so this one's an a plus for me so i think nice i think i'm really excited to see where they take 
all these avenues where the princes of hell go, where yeah. Mary's development goes. And like you said, Mike, her relationship with Dean, once she, once they find out that Cass nearly died because of her decision there, that I want to see the fallout from. I want to see what the British men of letters are up to. I want to know why Lucifer is playing it so cool. I want to know why he's in the cage and why Crowley thinks he can just right. keep that at bay. And that's a good idea. You know, there's a lot there that now I'm really excited for. Yeah, I didn't even mention the the ramifications of Mary's lie. Yeah, everything that's huge. There's a lot there. Is man. going in the direction of great drama. Yeah, and that's what I really want. I'm okay with our with our protagonists, our heroes fighting amongst themselves. I think it creates, you know, great depth to stories. And I don't just because we love Mary. Let's let's create some problems. Let's shake it up a bit. Yeah. And I'm glad they're going down that route, if in fact they are, which I think it's safe to say that's what they're doing. The thing that really worked for me with this is that we've had before Winchester's lying to each other, but that was kind of a selfish reason. This feels different. This feels different. This feels like a friend, like like it was not just a Winchester trying to lie to protect someone. This is a Winchester lying because that's how they were raised as a hunter. That's what they <laughs> believe in, essentially. Yeah. So I am really interested to see where they go with that, with Mary as a whole. Three. So I'm I think excited. I think with that guys, because we've gone so long at this point, we're going to take a no. We're, no, we're not going to go on a break. What? You, you didn't want to go through one. I thought. I uh, know. We'll take a quick break. Take a quick but break? why don't we read a couple thoughts too? We have time for two comments on okay, Facebook, and then we'll go to a break. Um, I'll read you, while you have it set up. Yeah, yeah I got it. Uh, Don Garrett says, "Have you ever had an episode that when it was over?" You just sat there in silence, picked up the remote, and watched it again. <laughs> and then he puts me either. Until this episode, this is a new top 10 for me. I loved everything about it, from the Tarantino style of editing, storyline, introduction of new lore, and the reintroduction of the cult, even that creepy as fuck whistle. But honestly, my favorite part was the final three minutes. You just hear that familiar voice. Yeah. You are thinking, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And then Crowley calls him dog. I absolutely, it says, uh, absolutely perfect. I will say, I loved his tonal, sh Pellegrino's, the shift in tone, where he's kind of like his, you know, joking, dickheadish way talking to Crowley. And then Crowley says, shut up, dog. And he shifts his tone far more sinister when he says, that's not my name. Like, just the the gravitas that had with the eyes, I thought that was great. Do you have another one that you want to read, or should I just pick one? Go ahead, pick one. Uh, Brittany Trex Trexler. Epic. That's the best way to describe this episode. It was interesting how it jumped around and kept revisiting different times from different perspectives, and I really enjoyed how they told the story that way. I am worried that Castiel might die this season or soon, but I'm glad they didn't do it during this episode. I think when he goes out, it shouldn't be from a random new threat that we just found out about. I loved his speech about family, though. My favorite moments in this episode have to be everything with Crowley and that ending. Loved it. So excited to see what's next. That's a good point, too. We've we've talked about Castiel kind of feels like they've upped the stakes. Yeah, There's Crowley or Cass. See, I, I agree and I disagree with that because... If you want to you wanna add the stakes, you do have him die by a random new threat because then you make that threat that much more powerful because yeah. it killed Castiel. I, I agree. There's two different so, schools of thought on that. I, I, I understand her want it to be this big epic, you know, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid last stand, hold the door yeah. thing. Thelma and Louise. Yeah, but there's also the, 
that is a, a standard way to show how powerful a new threat is, is by someone you thought that was previously, quote, safe plot armor wise. I don't just want, I don't want anybody to be safe. I think if you put characters into that category, it takes away the it threat. It takes away the threat, the drama. Yeah. I don't want characters to be safe. Unfortunately, because I think, and again, I, I don't want this to be taken the wrong way. I love Castiel, but I don't want him to be safe. The only characters that should be safe at this point are, are Sam and Dean. Sam and Dean. Yeah. Otherwise, you run the risk of of there not being any real threat to our characters. And even then, final whenever we get to final final season, I want Sam and Dean to not be safe in that final episode either. Yeah, I think you need that. When you say not safe, do you mean not wear a condom? Is that weird? Yeah, that's well. That's they're what already I not safe, right? <laughs> let, let their dicks hang out free. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I I do think you need you can't have plot armor. Yeah, you know or condoms. Be, there's a certain <laughs> absolutely. Dick armor. (laughs) (laughs) Now our last little bit here as we discuss the upcoming episode. Episode 13, Family Feud. Ryan, synopsis. When Sam and Dean look into into a murder at a museum, they learn a ghost from a merchant ship that sunk in 1723, maybe at the heart of the history. After realizing the star was the same ship that Crowley's son Gavin McLeod should have been aboard, they enlist help from Rowena to track Gavin down. Kelly Klein, still pregnant with Lucifer's child, takes refuge with a demon after Angel attempts to kill her because she's carrying... No, that's not part of it. Sorry. I was going to go way off there. Uh, this one is going to be directed by uh, PJ Pesky and written by our favorites, Bad Buckner and Eugenie Ross Lemming. Oh, boy. Now, this one is a couple things that I'm interested in. One, the return of Gavin McLeod or McLeod or how... McLeod? McLeod? McLeod. He's t- Thomas. Holy McLeod. shit. McLeod. Man. It's uh, Miss <laughs> McLeod. Well, you're an educated individual. What, you, are, is he, I don't Ryan, do names. Is he getting worse? Yes. He's getting worse. It's worse. Yeah. I don't McLeod. do names. I literally just said <laughs> it. That's not how cloud spelt. <laughs> McLeod. I literally. It's not like Miss Cleo. <laughs> you're presuming I listen to you. Gavin McLeod. Call me now. <laughs> call, call me now. I'll talk about this ship in 1723. <laughs> Like, what the fuck? Thomas. McLeod. McLeod. (laughs) End of the show, man. I'm tired, too. Oh, Oh. my God. We should be on our A game this episode. And for some reason, like, I can't 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 speak. Thomas is getting worse. Mine, at least, is a consistent problem, okay? Yeah, but this has gotten worse. McLeod. Gavin. Is in this episode. McLeod. Now that's that's kind of fun for us because my name is, my name is Duncan McLeod. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the highlander. You done? You can take our land, but you can never take our freedom. McLeod. Pew pew. Oh, oh, all right, boy, that is awesome. Anyway. <laughs> After my monumental fuck up that apparently is names, which I'm just going to get a speaking spell to just play it whenever I get to a name. Uh, this is fun for us because this is Theo Devaney. He was our first interview uh, on Supernatural the Crossroads, what, three years ago now? Just about? Uh, it wasn't our first. I thought... I thought He was our Kim, first aired, I thought. I thought Kim Rhodes was oh, our Kim first. Kim Rhodes was I our first. I thought Kim was the first one we did, but she, her episode didn't come out until later. Oh, it was her. She was I think you are mistaken, just like... <laughs> How you say McLeod? Well, yeah. Were you even there for that interview? I can't remember. I don't think I actually. You weren't. I wasn't. Right. No, yeah. I wasn't there for for Theo. Yeah. No, but he hasn't been back. That's what season nine. Yep. Jesus. Seems like just yesterday. It really does. It does. It's, it's odd times in flux or some shit like that. 
Now, my question is, does Rowena know about him? Does she, yeah. she won't care, really. But does she, I mean, they're asking for help. But does she know that she has a grandson? Does she give a shit? I mean, I think the last time, like, Crowley sees her when she's, like, a kid and she abandons him. So is she going to have any, you know, give a shit about that? Or are they just using uh, her to help just, find a ghost somehow? Hopefully they're, she knows about him and she didn't, like, meet him at a bar once and have oh sex God. with him. That'd be weird. That might be a bit of an issue. Yeah. I'm your grandmother. <laughs> I can explain. <laughs> I'm your grandmother. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> now this that could, was your cue, right? I know, I know. This could bring Crowley back into this episode. We could see a little bit more of what he's his intentions are. Because yeah. again, like you said, I think he needs to shit or get off the pot. So introducing his family seems like a good reason to bring that about. It'll be interesting to see what Gavin's been up to because Wes, one thing we all were well, saying, like, well, dude, the guy came from what the 1700s, knows nothing about modern society and technology, and he was just dumped. How did he manage to get from A to B? So hopefully they'll fill in the blanks and kind of maybe he'll be angry. Obviously, he's not the prince of hell. <laughs> I, hope he's, I hope he's peddling on the side of the road. He's just been homeless for three yeah. years. <laughs> like even blowjobs for food? Yeah. Oh, God. It's 10 to see it. It's five to touch it. <laughs> it's four for ZJ. What's a ZJ? Yeah, oh. yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's going to go through the whole alphabet if we let him. <laughs> it's going to be fun to see what him again. Yeah, I want to see what return. they've done with that character. for. Like you said, it's been three years. Now, and, and the duo's writing it, and lately they've been writing they've been episodes doing, yeah. that are fairly decent, and also lore-centric episode or myth arc-centric episodes. So hopefully this has something to do with the main, the main myth arc, or at least part of it. And we also have the Nephilim comes back into play with Kelly Klein. Now, I want to know, it's probably just going to be some random angel that tried to kill her. Yeah. But I want to know, what demon does she take refuge with? I would think that has to be someone mildly important or will be introduced and then become maybe it's important. Maybe it's Dago. What's her name? Dago. Dagon. Da- 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 Dagon. Dagon. Ooh, maybe we should get another. Now, how come you can get Dagon right, but you can't get McLeod right? McLeod. Because Dagon is barely a name. <laughs> if it's first, last, I'm fucked. <laughs> McLeod. <laughs> I'm so glad we have that as a drop. There you go. We need to turn that into a drop. Oh my god. I, w- I would like that because that would move the story along a little bit more and I think there's a ton that could that they need to talk about for season 12. Now of course there's going to be stuff that moves on into season 13 but I'd like to see another Prince of Hell. Is it too soon after though? Yeah. A bit. A little bit. But I could see them doing it though and pacing themselves or out. Or at least a that. demon that works for Dagon. Maybe she shows up at the end of the episode. Yeah, it could be that as well. Am I the only one that just wants Kelly to give birth to the child and then go off into the distance because I just don't care about her? Yeah, she's pretty dumb. Oh, this is my baby. No, it's the devil's offspring. <laughs> the literally the, are you? It is literally the spawn of Satan. You touched a Bible and it burst into fucking flames. I just kind of want her to the give. The rhythm method didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> he pu- he did not pull out, okay? Jeez. Jesus. God. I wonder if she'll survive. She's dying. No, what, I mean what? like the baby like has like some It's a it's demon, dude. It's like some like half demon, half nephilim thing. There's all kinds of historical tear her historically people die out. during childbirth all the time. Yeah, it's going to tear her It'd apart. be a good way to write her out as well. 
Because I don't really what, see it's her like demon acid amniotic what amniotic fluid. No, like, she it's just, like, it doesn't. It, it pops. It like. doesn't need to be a fucking scene from Alien. Okay, <laughs> she could just die. As soon as her, her water breaks, her whole body disintegrates. <laughs> Jesus, Thomas. That's not what I said. You're the one coming up with this concept. I'm saying she just should probably wanted die. wanted to have demon amniotic fluid. No. Ugh, I just comes out all like, ugh. Jesus Christ. But I don't see no, her taking the kid to school, and I don't see her raising this kid. You I see know. the kid aging like Amara did in many aspects. Yeah, I, I, that's kind of what I'm so assuming, too. I don't really see what her point is going to be <laughs> in the story. <laughs> Sulfur Cocktail says, yeah, Kelly is hella dumb. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Why is that part of I just, I read it and I was like, that children. is, yeah, I'm a child. I, at least I can say McLeod, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't do names. I admit that. I can read, though. That's a big one up well, on you. Because oh, I didn't just read that whole thing and say McLeod correctly. All right. We need to wrap. Yeah, we need to. Yeah. All right. So that is going to be the upcoming episode. I'm looking forward to it. I think it actually be cool. It'll be a cool episode. <laughs> It'll be fun. They're, for they're us. on a run. They're on a they roll. Are, they are. Yeah. One's a streak. Regarding Dean was good. Just kidding. Regarding Dean wasn't them. Oh, oh, I'm talking just, just in general. In general. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, guys, with that, that's going to do it here for Supernatural The Crossroads. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me destroy names, as always. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're going to use my fuck up as a drop or just you saying McLeod. Come get me now, child. All right, guys, check us out on Facebook. Follow Come us me now. on Twitter and call us now. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Jeez. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt.